Damn! Is this Raz? Yes. Saras. Raz? The first 52. Saras. Raz? Live Tuesday nights. Saras. Raz? Something that you know Bubba's gonna like. Angry White Guy Radio. His point of view is different. It's the first 52. Angry White Guy Radio. I love the content. Hey, it's the first 52. Raz with you. The first part of the, like, Constitution. This is the best you got. Something that you know Bubba's gonna like. Angry White Guy Radio. Join me, Sean Raz, Tuesday nights, 6 to 8 p.m., RazRadioLive.com, RadioFreeBlood.com. But now I got a clear picture, I just want to share it with you, hurry if you care to listen, see I'm a boy time, and boy talent, like these rhymes were no thought of mine, and it was just all divine, thinking God got a plan for me, world trying to hold me down like I wouldn't stand for it, so I get up with the morning paper, hustles on the corner, scraping, trying to bring home the bacon, I'm just trying to make it home, wherever that is, and praying on walk along. Is when I lost so many, the rest is going through it with me. No penny to lend me, but I appreciate the love they give me. I won't forget where I came from, Alabama country shit. Even when the fame comes, wonder when the change comes. You can keep the silver dollars on the ground and try to build a following. I have the pain inside behind his bloodshot eyes, and I just can't let go. I reach for the skies, but they don't hear my cry. Smoke a little weed, it's my life, I get by Please let me breathe while I sit back and crack the top on a 12-pack And reminisce to all the nights that I would sell crack I've been to hell and back twice and got a shirt to prove it Man, I don't understand, they don't support the music If the devil went to Georgia Fiddle for a minute Then me and him had a drinking competition Ten in the morning and I'm drunk and I'm high too Trying to come up with some music y'all can ride to Say you love me, but don't buy the shit on iTunes How many day away from working at a drive-thru Before I do that, it's back to the pill game Cause that's the only time I experienced real fame Also the only time I experienced real pain Look into Jesus, because I need a real change I have the pain inside behind his bloodshot eyes And I just can't let go I reach for the skies, but they don't hear my cry Play guitar when it stays in a pawn shop. Perception is I'm doing well. Amount of people that claim they love me is not reflective of my record sales. Hard to tell if my music's really groundbreaking. I'm so close to the bottom that I can feel the ground shaking. If anything, it's heartbreaking. I done put my soul in it. These dummies out here winning and they barely put their toes in it. Labels they just roll with. It's part of their agenda. Sell more products and liquor with their crooked crescendo. Do you remember? Do you remember a time when rappers told the truth and poured the love in their rhymes? Exposing the lies and gave the stories we related to. Now the nonsense, the only thing they show in favor to. Only thing to give they paper to for us is the death sentence. Think you still wanting it? Well, welcome to the music business. I have the pain inside behind his bloodshot eyes and I just can't let go. I reach for the skies but they don't hear my 
It's time for a TF52 flashback. 71 years later, in a little newspaper in Inglewood, Florida. And I, I don't think I saw this on the Drudge Report. I don't recall seeing this on the Drudge Report. Send it to him. I'm thinking about it. It's, it's written here by a Sun correspondent. So to think that, that this guy, there was a newspaper in Hawaii a week before the attack saying they, were gonna, they may ta- attack this weekend. Come on, it, it, listen. If any of anything is true, that was their nine eleven. Oh, at, oh, by far. That's yeah. That, that was, uh, it takes one. that amount of time to come out. The JFK stuff's coming out now more and more. Mm-hmm. Heard about the three shooters and the other people witnessing and all the people that got murdered. And it's there's a time limit on these things. It's moving quicker because of the internet. But oh, um, when people are getting busted, a lot easier. Well, how many people have we seen murdered over nine eleven? You know, we got Barry. Everyone, uh, come on. Barry Jennings was one of the first ones. How about the the people that collected people out of there? Ugh. All right, so let's take this on face value. Okay. okay. There are two times within the last hundred years that the United States has been attacked from outside forces, and the United States government has failed to protect us 100% of the time. Correct. Because they wanted it to happen so they can use it as a pretext to get into anything they needed to. Frank, it was, this was agreed on by generals on a, on a, on a, on a, on a level that we don't deal on. All right. Like, if that is if that is true, that's that that brings us into a whole nother level. But on its basis, everyone can believe, even the people that don't believe in the shit that we believe in, everyone can understand that the two times that this country's been attacked by foreign people in the last hundred years, the United States government has been unsuccessful in to protect us. What does that tell you? It's showing a pattern, and the pattern is is shown through what has happened immediately afterwards. And take it into context. Take a look at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why can't we unite like a family? All of us in fighting this killing me. All I The same complexion, the same father though The stress is so unstoppable It seems like a rainy day with no one else to snuggle up to But in the end, we like to split to get through the day We on the news constantly, killing each other Mothers and brothers, then we blame it on the man Say you gotta do it all for the struggles I'm asking the G for a better day To fill the world with peace, no pain for days Shout out to all the lights still shining Cause the weight of the world can pull the wool over your eyes Let's Like it used to be 
Walk the streets like we are forever. One blood, one love, one heart. Teach the kids life, not just street smarts. Claim the music back, it used to be art. Or better yet, food. Feed the soul that sold food. Two step and just groove. It's how to win, not to lose. Let's cruise. Being a cat can be damn tedious. People dangling bells and bits of string in your face all the time. Just be a dog. Run around, catch frisbees, pee on a fire hydrant. Life's more rewarding and you get access to lots of treats. Catch Salty Talk Mondays and Wednesdays and every Friday for Salty's weekend warm-up. 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Add a little salt to your life and be more dog.
This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Offering is the truth, nothing more. Aha! It is Tuesday. Tuesday the 29th. Oh, God, turn that down a little bit. God, sorry. It's Tuesday, the 29th of August, 2017. You are listening to the first 52 RazRadioLive.com, Radio Free Blood, Radio Confluence, Disruption Network, Radio Chaos. Just everywhere. Salty Talk Radio. We got you. We're here. We got a, a hell of a show. You know, this is our 200th episode. 200 shows that have been posted, at very least, uh, that we've actually shared with you that you've been able to hear. Imagine that. 200 episodes. I'm proud of that number. I'm proud that, that we've been able to, to keep this going for that long. Been able to, you know, play this game and, and stay semi-sane for that long. Pretty amazing to me. Of course, over to my left here is my lovely wife, Lex. How you doing, honey? Doing awesome. Yeah, you ready for tonight? I'm ready. Good, good, good. And all the way from the middle of nowhere, the Guatemala man himself, with the rain in the background, Forto Jones. <laughs> hey, what, what's going on? What's man? going on, Dave? How you doing, brother? Oh, it's raining here. I heard that when we came up. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta keep turning up and down my mic. So, so it's gonna be one of those nights. We'll have you up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. Yeah, I think it's going to stop raining soon, but, you know, just a little bit uh, on the tin roof makes it loud. Rocking on the tin. Isn't there a song about the tin roof? I'll have to look that up for the break. Uh, rejoin song, maybe. We'll, we'll do some tin roof singing. So, Dave, did you know it was the 200th episode of the first 52? I did not know that. And if you were actually, you know, if you had a, uh, a TV show, typically the 100 number is when you start to make the big money because you can get to go into syndication. So 200 is actually fairly, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? That's actually kind of cool. I don't, although I don't think I was in it for, I think, uh, what I, I, I gave up for two and a half years. So maybe, I, maybe this is my hundredth show. Yeah. Something like that. Probably. I'm sure <laughs> somewhere around there. But, uh, yeah, you know, and that's like Lexi. You guys both took a little bit of hiatus there. You left me by myself for like a year and a half, but that's okay. We pulled an Addie Murphy. I did good for the time. <laughs> So all this, yeah. I just, I, I, I don't like getting myself angry on the shows anymore. You know? Yeah, you really don't want to get too angry. It's, it's just how that works. Yeah, and I understand. I, I, uh, I've done things differently in my life to try to keep myself calm. I saw a great post today, and it was an uh, activist. I'll, I'll have to look it up uh, again. It was over on on our guest for tonight's uh, website, Ford Fisher. Fitcher. Uh, he'll be joining mm-hmm. us at the seven o'clock hour. Uh, I'm looking forward to meeting him, getting to know him. Uh, he's been on the station allegedly because he was on the, the Raz Skypes already. So I, I don't know who interviewed him, but somebody interviewed him on the station in the past. 
so we'll do our normal first interview. We'll spend the first 15, 20 minutes getting to know each other, uh, introducing you guys and, and seeing what he's about. And then uh, we'll get into the, the topic of discussion, which God knows where that'll run. Yeah, I wonder what we're going to talk about today. I, <laughs> well, I've got a lot of things pulled up. I don't want to talk anything about any of that until later, uh, until we have Ford on. Uh, his video was one of the main videos, or not one of the main videos, but one of the big videos uh, that came out after the whole Charlottesville attacking and all that stuff. Uh, there's been some uh, there's been some claims about him that we'll dig into and we'll, we'll try to figure out. Um, and we'll go from there once he gets on board. But I do want to cover some of the, the stuff that's been just, we've been sharing in general this past week. I know, uh, I've shared a few things that you've commented on or, or had concerns with or ideas about. Uh, so th- there's a lot to talk about, I think, Dave. Yeah. And I forgot to tell you last month, last week that, um, I have done, I smoked DMT for the first time in my life. Oh, that's interesting. It was. It really was. It was. It's not because you know I've, I've been experimenting with the hallucinogenics for the last four or five years, and uh, it was. Uh, it was. Uh, it was weird. It was really weird. <laughs> well, I didn't know you smoked DMT. I thought that was more of a of a oral type thing. No, DMT is is the uh, active ingredient in ayahuasca, but you got to take this other tea to allow your body to absorb the DMT. Um, and then I guess you go into this thing, whereas, whereas when you smoke it, it la- I, sh- I shit you not, it lasts five minutes. And it was a, it was an odd trip. It was an odd experience. Um, and here's the thing is, you know, like when you drink or you smoke or whatever, you're always, you're always, you're always aware of your surroundings. Now, I smoked this DMT, laid down in my bed, right? I took three hits, laid down in my bed, put a, uh, a towel over my eyes so I couldn't, you know, I block out the light. Plus I blocked out everything in, in the room. And uh, I was not in my bed anymore. <laughs> you were somewhere else, weren't you? I was somewhere else, and I, I talked to I talked to the guy that that hooked me up with it afterwards. He goes, "Yeah, you you, you switch dimensions," and I was like, "Well, that's an interesting point of view." But I, I just was it was just an odd experience, and I, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it more next time. But and you said uh, it only lasted I, five minutes. Five minutes. Interesting. So it's kind of like uh, it, it, it's like smoking. What's that crap that I was smoking a few years ago? Uh, Sal- salvia. Salvia. Yeah. 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 I guess so. And it was it was it was really interesting. Um, and it it smelled and tasted like mothballs. Um, That's always pleasant to take that and, in your lungs. Uh, yeah, well, it just smells like it. it actually tasted not good. It just, it, it, it was a, everything about it was pleasant. Uh, I can't say anything bad about it, but I can't wait to do it again. Well, and Although I know it was not. There was just a story. There was just a story that had came out. I'd shared. I don't have it pulled up right now, but I, I remember coming across it, um, the other day and it was talking about how, uh, MDM, uh, is something that they're going to start using to help with PTSD and, and, uh, different things like that. Uh, and oh, yeah. MDMA uh, is is really good for that shit. And, and my problem with that is, though, is that's a, a, a chemical produced, um, and then that really bothers me. You know how I am with chemicals and and and, and things like that. True, but you got to understand because I've done pure MDMA uh, alone. I've done MDMA, you know, partying at uh, the last grass fest, um, and all I remember was giving everyone, everyone, male or female fucking back rub um 
but I had done it one time in my my house, uh, probably a year later, with the same pill that I had in in, in Razfest, and it just really kind of lowered my inhibitions or, or my walls, and I was able to think clearly, and uh, I could I could see medicinal value in it. Just, you know, in the in its pure form. Right, right. And, and, you know, there's been a lot of studies, and you've brought this up in the past, uh, with uh, uh, psilocybin, you know, with mushrooms that, that work the same mm-hmm. way. Oh, yeah. It altered my life forever. You know, I've I've become calmer, less – I haven't been depressed ever since. I've, I've had shitty moods, but I've never been depressed since then, and I've become more empathetic. I am a huge proponent of some of these alternative medicines. You know, I, you know, I am too. I totally agree with, with using alternative medicines. I'm, I'm for medical marijuana. I'm for, you know, the use of, of shrooms and things like that to try to, um, you know, you know treat people with more of a natural uh, way. And, and again, that's, that's my issue with, with things like MDMA and, 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 uh, what was the other one you just did? Uh, uh, DMT. DMT. But that can be made from a root, isn't it? No, DMT is not well here's the thing is, you know, if you talk to and I'm not I'm not trying to diss anybody, but if you talk to Frank Castle, you know, he'll 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 actually, you know, tell you that it, you know, you 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 definitely went to a different dimension, blah blah blah. Um but the thing is DMT runs through our, our body as it stands and um an these are the things right? that are dream these are things that dreams are made of. Although um, because when you dream, you're not, you, you, you know, you're not in your bed. You know, every so often you you wake up really where you're like, Oh yeah, I'm sleeping. You know, I kind of was like that too. Like I heard a fucking chicken, uh, cackle. Um, not where and you're it, it kind of brought me back. It brought me back in my room for a second and, and then I went back. Um, but the things that happened to you on DMT, like the story that I told and the story that the guy who hooked me up with this it was very, very similar. Like, uh, so, uh, Shapes that are, that are, that are reminiscent of Aztec. It, it really is kind of like when you smoke it, you kind of, everyone kind of sees the same thing. Which, why is that? Know, do you think that everybody sees the same type of thing? I don't know. And because, you know, I, I am a skeptic and I know, you know, I'm a non-believer in any of these extraterrestrial or, or any of these things. Um, I, I just don't know why. I don't know. And I, again, I haven't done it enough times to, 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 no, but uh, it, it's just it's interesting. And the funniest thing is that that I had to deal with. Oh, I can't believe I'm going to tell you this. Oh, jeez, I, I love a, when you start with fun. that. I love when you start it's with a, that comment. It's a long story, but two months ago, I tried to buy mushrooms from somebody. I gave him 350 Q, which is I don't know about 50 bucks, to get me six doses of mushrooms, right? Because I needed to reset. And a month later, I didn't get anything. And then I I confront them at a bar, right? And then I get to the point where I, I know this motherfucker's lying to me and blah, blah, blah. And I'm ready to fight him. And I just, I don't want to. And the, the guy that actually gave me the DMT brokered a peace deal between me and this guy. And, uh, and he told me, to, oh, I'll get you the money back. Meet me here, you know, at this bar at this time. Of course I went there. He, he was nowhere to be found. So every time I've seen him after that, um, there's been mm, static, right? Right, and I'm ready. I'm ready to. I'm ready to knock this motherfucker out. Mm-hmm. That's why you needed the uh, the MDMA or a DMT, whatever the no, no. you did. DMT, DMT. Yeah. I didn't need it because of that. Um, because it was just a principle of thing. It's it's not the fifty fucking dollars, right? It's it's just a principle that I can't I can't let this guy get away with taking money from me. Well, yeah, we're principled individuals. We both uh, uh, want to live peaceful, but we're not going to have somebody rip us off either. You know? Well, exactly. We're from the Northeast. We don't take shit. Right. Um, yeah. So uh, I get a call 
I get I get these frantic uh, instant messages from Facebook twenty minutes after or ten minutes after I finish the DMT thing, right? And then you know, I'm out in my apartment here, and then the girl next door comes out and she goes, "You got to go see Jen down at Gringos Locos. It, there's it's an important thing." So I was like, "All right, fine." I, I say I say goodbye to the guy that hooked me up with the DMT, hop on my bike, and I'm on my way out there. And I'm like, you know what? Because because this guy's there, and I'm thinking he's not going to have my money. I was like, I'm just going to let it go. I'm going to buy my freedom, my, 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 uh, sanity back, right? Or my happiness. Right. I get there. I get there. He tells me that the guy that he gave, he, he says he gave my money to this drug dealer, right? Who lives in San Pedro, which is the town I'm going to be moving to. And he was here in Panachel, uh, partying for the week. And he said he got, he got mad. He started hearing a story. I don't remember exactly what it was, but he got mad at me. And now everyone in the bar, and it's just the two owners. They thought that this guy was going to put a contract out on me. Oh, jeez. For, for 50 fucking dollars, right? That, that was ripped and, off from you. Right. <laughs> Go figure. Right. And that's what happens but when you move to Guatemala. The best part about this whole story is I was totally, you know, I was totally in such a good mood after this DMT thing. I was like, I don't give a fuck. First of all, you know, I, like it took me uh, an hour to, to realize that this guy's bullshitting me, right? But I, but I even told him, I was like, listen, you know, Forget the money. I don't give a shit about the money anymore. I just want my happiness back. And I don't want to, because I, I told him, I was like, I'm going to kick your ass. And then you're going to kick my ass. And I'm going to kick your ass. So I was like, we're going to be kicking our asses all over fucking Panachella. It's like, I just don't want to deal with this. Yeah, until one of us shoots the other one or something. Exactly. Come down and, it, and, eventually. And, and again, so now principal over $50 is like, fuck it, you know? Because I was, a, there's, there's a store here that sells weapons, right? And I was going to go spend 200 Q. To buy a fucking collapsing or a uh, telescoping baton, and I was gonna just gonna ja- I was just gonna gank this guy in the middle of the street one day. Right? The New York and, coming out of Dave. Well, yeah, but here's the thing: is I have no juice down here. I don't have the fuck. Look, I don't want to get arrested for. I don't want to get arrested for a parking ticket, you know, because the the, the the legal system there is is not catered to me, right? Uh, it's just like, I'm just not worth it, man. It's just going to be another story that I'm going to talk about here in Guatemala. But the funny thing is, is that this, this, this thing happened right after my DMT experience and it would, couldn't have happened at a better time. I even told him, I was like, yeah, I just did TMT. So this is what's going to happen. Right. And then, and this guy, this is what makes me think he's totally bullshitting. He told me his name, the drug dealer's name, and he told me, you should go to the police. I was like, fuck you. I'm not going to the <laughs> Yeah, that's police. what I'm going to do. <laughs> I was like, what do you think? I'm fucking stupid? <laughs> yeah, uh, this guy took my shroom money and didn't bring me any right, shrooms. Right. Uh, right. Can you help me out here because he's going to beat me up now. Yeah. And, and the whole, sense. I didn't tell you the story last week because I didn't tell, I haven't told anybody. As a matter of fact, I made a video, right, of all the players involved and I was going to send you the link to this private video to like, if anything happens to me, Put this in the hands of my mother, right? Because I, you know, I've named everybody, and I, and I know how to get, you know, how to get these people. Um, but then I, after I realized, like, it's all bullshit. <laughs> yeah, it's not worth all that that work, brother. It's yeah. definitely not I'll, worth it. I, I may or may not go after this guy eventually, uh, but I just I don't think it's worth it. I don't I don't fucking I, I don't want to be mad anymore. I was out I had I was out on a date. And I saw him in the middle of the street, and I fucking left her and went right over to him, and I started talking shit to his fucking face in the middle of the street here in here in the main drag in in Pan for, for those and, of you who've been, who, for those of you who haven't listened to, to us for a long time and don't know Dave and mine's history, uh, Dave's a big guy. He's what? Who are you? Six two, six three, six one, six one. All right, well, I was right there. And and the first time we yeah. met, we're at this bar and we're at a a, a meet and greet for Scott Ledger. 
<laughs> for Dangerous Conversation uh, back in the day. This was like 2011. And, and, and we're, we're heated debaters when we're together. Even now, you know, when we are together and we get into a discussion, we get very heated. And, and, and Dave and Scott have gotten like heated and they're having this argument in the corner of this little bar that we're at. Uh, we're all playing pool and stuff. It was, it was, it was Started Scott bumping. Ben. <laughs> yeah. What was that, honey? Scott, Scott Ben and, and, uh, uh, what the hell's that name? Stefan. It was like me against three people. <laughs> yeah. So I come over and I'm like, I get in between Dave and I was like really tight with Scott at this point in time. Dave and I weren't that, that close yet. We had just met. I'm like, oh, you, you got a problem? And I'm five, six, five, seven, 115 pounds at the time. And I'm like, oh, I got you, Scott. Don't worry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, funny. The, it was funny. I, I think what you're trying to say is, uh, I just don't back down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it, it's not easy for me to back down. I'm not, I'm not taking, you know, and it's not probably not a, the healthiest position to have. Um, but you are better now. I, yeah, I want. You're, you're better now. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. I try, you know, again, it, I, I'm, I'm more, ha- I'm more concerned about my happiness than anything else. And that's good. That's so. what you should be concerned about. That's all I try to concern myself about normally during the day, the week. I've been doing really good with keeping myself, uh, somewhat sane, wouldn't you say, honey? Uh, somewhat would be accurate, yeah. <laughs> somewhat would be accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, well, sweetheart. That, that, fu- that fucking boat's gotta help. Oh yeah, well that right helps now a lot. it helps a whole lot. But the problem is yeah. right now I'm on call for like three weeks straight, so we haven't really gotten out uh. on it. Plus it's been raining. Oh, that's the other thing I wanted to address in the very beginning. Uh, I, I I sent out a tweet uh, earlier this week as that hurricane was approaching Texas and it was a one, and everybody was all in their spastic mode of oh, oh worry worry. And I you know I was kind of a smartass, and yeah, you know, I hope everybody's all right out there. I hope everything's working out. It. it it increased. I never saw a hurricane go from a one to a four within like twenty minutes. But hey, you know, geoengineering. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. That can happen. Yeah. That's happened before. Not that quick. Well, uh, that that was one of the ones that I had you back on that because I even saw that the Weather Channel. Because you know, I'm kind of disconnected here, but I went to the Weather Channel and they were all like, "Fear, fear, fear, fear." I'm like, "Ah, oh, it's fucking Category One. Who gives a shit, right?" Because we're Floridians. Our infrastructure is designed for you know, Jesus. What do we do? We get beer and fucking gas. That's it. Right. <laughs> beer, gas, and water. As long as you got that, you're good to go. Right. Exactly. We go to somebody else's house and we have a hurricane party. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. you know. Category two is a little bit worse, but you know, threes and four, threes is when you're like, oh shit, maybe I should go. Um, but four is significant, you know? Yeah, you have to leave at that point. Yeah, I, I would agree. And, and I gotta say, um, I look forward to, and Lexi gets so mad at me because I always say this, I look forward to the first one hitting here because I'll join that Cajun army with my boat and we'll go rescue. Oh, it's just so you're playing in your mind in a way that's just so unrealistic. You know that's what I'll do. If, they, right, if, if right. there's yeah. a call for it, for it, I'll go. I'm well. I was an EMT. I was in the military. I I'm trained. It's not like I couldn't be helpful. I was reading up about these supposed shooters with the rescue boats. You know, the people were clamoring to jump on those it things, was, and apparently that was a little bit of uh, exaggeration. But uh, I thought so. I thought so. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you you think you'd be knight in shining armor and hop up on that boat and go save people and until you're in a situation where there's crowds and crowds of people and there's a bunch of people you don't know trying to get on your boat and possibly steal all your shit that you have. Well, I've got guns. It's okay. 
Oh, <laughs> yeah, but you got, but but there are so many people there. What I would suggest, you know, if 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 something like that happens in the Tampa Bay area, yeah, come on up. If it happens in Miami, sure, go across the state. Don't fucking drive all the way to Texas. Well, no, I wouldn't go to, to Texas. Go I mean, here in my my community, in my area. I mean, Cape Coral right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen the news of Cape Coral. Uh, my brother-in-law, no. Lexi's brother. They've got five people feet. kayaking down the street. Yeah, they've got four or five feet of water in front of their house. Wait, Cape Coral? That's just that's isn't that a little bit south of you? It's about yeah. an hour south of us. Yeah, yeah. That was one of the places I was thinking of living, moving. Yeah, they, they've been. Well, our bro- flooded. Chris Sasquatch lives down there. Yeah. Ah. So I mean, Sasquatch. They've been, <laughs> they've been getting flooded like crazy. You know, they've had a really mm. rough time with it this past week. So I mean, everybody's getting flooded. We've been getting, we had rain all effing weekend. It was horrible. We actually remodeled or reorganized our house a little bit. Bored. Uh-huh. Yeah, from boarding. <laughs> <laughs> we had well, to do something. All right. So here's something. This is a conversation I had earlier at the bar. Um, this is the. Fir- I'm 49 years old, right? This is the first summer that I've ever gone where it didn't hit 90 degrees. Like I, I when I when did I bolt out of fucking Florida? May second week in May, right? Well, it was yeah. just starting to get a little warm, right? I, I'm currently right now. I'm wearing a pair of jeans, right, and a tank top, and on top of that, a t-shirt, right? Because it was chilly this morning. It was fucking fifty-two degrees when I went out for the walk this morning. Screw at seven that. o'clock this morning. Yeah, and it it got I, shit. I, I shut my phone off because I have a weather app on there, but it, it can't be more than seventy-five degrees right now. You know, it get at best it gets to 80 yeah so i mean it's, it's, I, I could deal I, I with i could deal with a max of like 80 85 and a minimum of like 60 but that's where my mm-hmm. cutoff zone is you know oh my god you'll sleep like a fucking baby because it's like because you don't hey you don't need air conditioning you don't need heat right it gets cool in, at night right, so you could sleep and then you get up and by, you know, i'm up at six o'clock in the morning here five six o'clock in the morning by seven o'clock man it's already uh, at 60 you know it's Gorgeous! It's I I I I equate to I I'm living in Groundhog Day in the movie The Groundhog Day, right? But it, it being the perfect spring day. Oh, you notice it stopped raining, right? <laughs> when? Oh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, it's quiet now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm used to rainy season in Florida where it's violent. You know, for an hour or whatever it happens to be, right? Here it rains for an hour, a half hour, and it doesn't rain violently, and that's it. It goes away, and we can go back out again. You know, I really, it's it's so it's gonna be so fucking hard for me to go home. <laughs> well, you keep pushing it off and pushing it off, like you're not coming. So, I mean, I'm wondering if you're even gonna come home. No, I only extended it three months because I spent a lot of money the first three months. I mean, I bought a motorcycle, and this um this what's it called is called the uh my uh what am i my residence these is costing me seventeen hundred dollars um so you know there's almost four grand right there between the bike and and i i had saved four thousand dollars now do they have storage units there like you don't have a place to put this bike or what are you doing with this when you come back here no i'm selling it okay i've already got like four people yeah four people so that's going to add an extra thousand so hopefully when i come back in february i'll have seven thousand dollars in the bank well that'd be good so you know, two or three thousand to go to go to you know get secure an apartment because you know first months, last months, and you know uh, whatever you call that thing, and then another three four thousand security deposit. Get myself <laughs> right, right. I'll get myself a car, you know, so I'll, at least I'll be able to be mobile. And then I want to, I want to start delivering those RVs if I can get that job, and then start making some side money, and then uh, hopefully a year I'll have enough money to buy a boat. And what do you need to do with that boat? 
and live on it. That'll be that's our end goal. All right, let's get on some topics here before we get uh, before we get forward on late in a little bit here. He's going to be joining us in about you know, thirty minutes, give or take. Uh, we're just going to do a straight through uh, to that point. Take our break. Hold on. I hate to ask you this during the show, but uh, am I going to be able to stay on Mumble? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I don't think Skype's go- All right. I cool. updated the other Skype, so it should be able to dial them in. Uh, I'm going to put Mumble on two different computers, so if that happens again, we can deal with it better. Uh, but, yeah, okay. you should be good on Mumble. Um, one Sounds of the good. things I wanted to address that I've seen come out this week, uh, um, you know, I didn't really appreciate Obama very much. But there were there was one thing that he kind of did that I was appreciative of, uh, and there's very few and far between. But you know, the Trump administration may be preparing to lift a ban giving back local police the ability to obtain surplus military equipment. According to documents obtained by USA Today, the new plan would roll back an executive order from the Obama administration, which banned police from repurposing armored vehicles large-caliber guns, and other heavy equipment originally used by the military. The documents detailing the restored plan reportedly read, assets that would otherwise be scrapped can be repurposed to help state, local, and tribal law enforcement better protect public safety and reduce crime. Back in 2014, the racially charged violence in Ferguson, Missouri, between protesters and heavily armed police caused President Obama to enact the ban. Obama, citing his concern over those powerful weapons further the rift between police and communities for looking less protective and more of an occupying force. Since the program's creation in 1997, over $5 billion in gear has been sent to local police. In the documents, the Trump administration calls the weapons entirely defensive in nature. Jeff Sessions is scheduled to visit the Fraternal Order of Police, where he may bring up the matter. And of course, Jeff Sessions is one of our least favorite buddies, uh, in the government at this point in time, I would have to say. Uh, Dave. Absolutely. We've agreed uh, that this ban, you know, you and I don't always agree on everything. We, we've, I think we both agree that this is not a good thing. And, you know, a lot of people forget that there were protests going into the Obama presidency. And we had a ramp up of, of the same thing we're seeing now. A little different, but the same thing, basically. And, uh now we're going to rearm these cops and make it so that, uh, you know, they can't have people mowing down protesters with their cars. Uh, I'm really concerned about this, honestly. Well, remember, I see, I I have a different point of view on this. Let them have all the fucking toys they want. Okay. What I want gone is qualified immunity. Okay. Because if they fuck with me and, and, and they hurt me with these toys, then I want to be able to sue them personally, right? I don't want them having these ways without any fucking accountability. And that's what I care about is the accountability. Because me, same thing with me. I want to have rocket launchers. I want to have a tank. <laughs> Dave with a rocket launcher. That could be very right. dangerous, honey. What do you, do you think Dave should no, have a rocket No, not at launcher? all. Here's the reason why it's not dangerous. <laughs> is because Here's the reason why it's not dangerous. Because I could personally be held accountable if I use that shit, right? That's true. So... I think it, I think it should be the same thing. Let them be personally accountable and let, let, let the, uh, let's just say, you know, uh, there's a, um, there's a suit, you know, and I, I get to sue a couple of cops and it comes out of their pockets, but I, you know, and it turns out that I get, I can get $10 million, but each cop can only afford a million dollars because that's, that's what their insurance policy goes. Then I could sue for the $8 million from their pension plans, you know, or from the, from the, take it from uh, the cop, not from the taxpayers. 
Right, exactly, exactly. And you watch how fucking fast things will balance out. And we've talked right? about and this before, I'm, by far. I mean, we've had yeah. this conversation. Yeah, yeah. I, you I, know, the I, cops here are, fuck, are so nice because you, they're personally accountable for shit. Well, they have to buy their own bullets out there, don't they? Like, they're responsible oh, yeah. for everything. They don't just get handed, you know, an, an, an uh, M16 with, uh, you know, a 50-round clip and all, unlimited ammunition. Magazine and right, they have to buy their own bullets. And and when they get their cars, right, they get they have these little Toyota Hiluxes. Um, they they give them the car, but they have to take care of. It. They got to put gas in it, right? I've I've seen fucking police cars all dented up with broken windows and and a, and a broken side window with a garbage bag over. You know, like you know how you do it. You, you take because you know, they don't have New York they don't style make enough money. Car. Right, they don't make enough money to fix the fucking window, right? And probably what wound up happening is one of the kids broke it, right? Because they get to take the car home, and you know, ninety percent of the car driven is you know them doing their own shit. Um, so the, you know, the, the accountability is in their hands and that's what I like. You know, I just, I just posted a, um, an article, was it yesterday? How the New York City Police Department, they had one woman that spent $160 million a year and a half ago, two years ago, buying Windows based phones for their policemen to have. Right? I saw that. So the first yeah. question. Right. So the first question I was like, wait a minute, you're handing out fucking cell phones to them? I'm like, all right, whatever. Right. Secondly, how the fuck do you, do you, do does one person get to spend $160 million? Cause now they're switching over to iPhones, right? And it's going to cost the, the same. Like, how does this fucking happen? How does, how do they get to have all the toys that the, the, the taxpayers pay for, but get no accountability with the money even? Ah. See, I'm already pissed off. Yeah, see, well, you gotta get pissed off once f- in a while. I, it doesn't hurt to get pissed I, off no, every once in a while, Dave. I purposely derailed the first part of the conversation by talking about DMT and all this other shit and all these things that make me happy. And it, man, it goes from zero to sixty. <laughs> That's all it takes, man. Just a little bit. It just takes a little bit. Yeah, I know. I don't know if you saw the story about what happened in Broward County recently. Now, this happened uh, the 26th. So what was that? That would have been Thursday or Friday. Uh, authorities say a Florida police SWAT team shot and killed an armed woman who had been threatening suicide. The Broward County Sheriff's Office says a Sunrise police SWAT team uh, went to an apartment Friday where an armed woman had barricaded herself inside and was threatening to kill herself. Sheriff spokesman blah, blah, blah said in a press release Sunday the woman stopped communicating with officers. So the SWAT team entered the apartment. She says the officers encountered the woman and shots were fired. She died at the scene. No officers were hurt. Imagine that. A suicidal woman locking herself by herself in her house. Just wait for her to kill herself and leave her alone or don't go kill her. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I, I'm on the fence with this one but because um, oh wait, I think it's starting to rain again. Um, I don't think because look. This is where cops are in most danger, right? Domestic violence case it calls and uh, these crazy people. Now, let's you know. Let's ask the question: What kind of meds was she on? Okay, because you know that some of these medications, they're the they're, some of the, one of the effects are you know suicidal or homicidal thoughts. Right. So maybe it's possible. And, and I think that in these cases where there's um, domestic violence or you know you know some crazy person or a suicidal person, I think they should send in SWAT. Right, because those guys are the ones that kind of have the bulletproof. They're they're they they're almost RoboCop. Well, that's Robo-cop who they sent in. They went in. They shot her. See, it was it was it SWAT that went and shot her? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the SWAT yeah, team uh, entered the apartment. She says the officer encountered the woman and shots were fired. 
Right, because she she, she pointed a gun at them. So I, uh, so I have a hard time with this one because if somebody pointed a gun at me, I'm shooting back. But she you was know? by herself in her own apartment. There was there was nobody yeah. else in there. They had been talking cops, to her, so they knew that she was you know where she cops was. Are not, cops are not therapists. Cops are trained killers. Exactly, okay? and that's where you the s- problem you send, lies. You send in a trained killer to talk to a crazy person. They're going to kill so that person. They're going to kill that person because that's what they're trained to do. Honestly, again... Me in the same situation. If if somebody, one of my neighbors, got crazy and I, you know, I went over there to, to try to help and she pulled a gun on me, I'm shooting back, you know. Um, so I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to pass on judging this one. But I just wish there was a, you know, look, cops. You call a cop if there's a, a cat in a tree, all the way up to you know, <laughs> uh, beating the shit out of my girlfriend, right? And, right? and or somebody, you know, somebody's murdering me or somebody's raping me. So they have this again. You know, I do not like the cops. Right? I don't like the concept of law enforcement, but they really are called for every little fucking thing, and it's impossible to expect this one person who who in one call had to deal with you know uh, some drunken or some some drugged out motherfucker who, who stabbed this baby 50 times to calming down this you know crazy woman you, you know you, you you just can't expect that right so i think there should be um high risk or uh, again swat team uh and maybe i don't know i don't know but there's an answer to it and the fact you know sending the cops to every fucking little thing is not the answer and I agree with that. And, and, uh, you know, somebody threatening, and we see it too many times. We see people threatening suicide, uh, people just being crazy on their own. Again, what medications was she on? We have the, the, you know, the black guy with the screwdriver that charged at the cops a year and a half ago or whatever it was that they gunned him down right there. And that was a, that was a call for help. You know, who do you call for help then? And that's, that's well, where the problem rises. What happened to all these less than lethal uh, devices? You know, why? Why is now? Why is now? Um, those uh, what do you call those? The the, the electrical guns, the taser. You, you, you're, taser. At the, you're, you're in Guatemala for like six months. You don't remember what the fuck a taser is. So tasers were sold, uh, you, you know, to the public years ago as less than lethal. If you, if instead of using your gun, we'll use a taser. Right. And now tasers are used for compliance and not for less than lethal uh, incidents. Somebody with a knife, you know, um, possibly again, I, I, I'm not in a situation I don't understand. Um, but it, you would hope that maybe they could use a taser. But, you know, somebody on drugs can run at you in 20 feet, you know, faster than you could put your gun out. So, um, again, in these situations, maybe maybe a RoboCop kind of suit is what's needed. You know, something that's sort of impenetrable to most small arms and, and knives, you know, mm. and I, I don't know. I, I just don't know. But, uh, you know, I know that they're not shooting anybody in this country. That's I, fucking there. are. I could Sean, I shit you not. I could walk out on the block. And by the time I get down to the bridge, which is a five minute walk, I'll see seven people with fucking machetes. There are machetes all over this. Well, they just town. carry machetes around. That's just their weapon of choice. It's not a weapon. It's it's their tool. They use it to cut down trees, and then they're it's all over the place. I swear to God, I think they pick their teeth with it. I think they cut their steak with it. There's just just so many of them. You go to the hardware store, and they're all over the place. Like I'm going to buy one. For, I have you know, a I have a machete protection. I keep in my van. I don't keep it in my van, but we were camping, so it's in my van right now. Uh, but yeah, oh, guess what I found. What guess, find? guess what I found out. What did you find? I out? found out that once I become a resident, right, which is soon, I can get a gun. <laughs> Well, yeah, we knew that. We, that's not news. No, I, 
I no, I thought it was once I became a citizen I can get a gun. Once I become a resident I can get a gun. Oh, good. Which means you. I can get one I can get one in the next couple months. Does, does that mean you <laughs> Not can bring in 5 years? Can you bring any of your guns from here to there? I don't know. I'm going to find I got I got I'm going to I was supposed to go to the lawyer this morning but there <laughs> you know it's fucked up. The president oh my god it, it, it's country oh, so you didn't go you didn't go to Guatemala then or Guatemala City. City I then. didn't go to Guatemala City. No, no, no because um uh, this again, this country is just as fucking crazy as any other country. Uh, the president is, uh, is under suspicion of corruption, blah, blah, blah. So there was a, th- it was a, pro- a three day protest that they were, uh, and they were, they were gonna, uh, lock up the roads. And this, this is how they protest in this country is they, 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 they block the roads just like BLM does. Just like they do um, here in this country. I mean, it's the yeah, same thing. Exactly. Except, except there's not really any way around it, right? So I will, I saw this morning, Nate, uh, maybe the the place where I was going to go was going to be blocked, and I was like, I'm not going today. I'm going to find out about it. And and they, and the, the protests are over. So tomorrow I'm I'm heading out of here six o'clock in the morning, and it's a three and a half hour ride down to Guatemala City. Wow, in, that's in, far. In, in, it, it it's no, not not mileage wise. It's only seventy fucking miles. <laughs> Why does it take three well, and a half because, hours? Because I'm driving through mountain roads. There's nothing flat here. Um, and all these roads are all twisty and turny. If you've seen some of my early videos, you know, I, I, I showed you some of these. I'm doing third gear at best in my motorcycle. Uh, maybe fourth or fifth when I get onto the Inter-America Highway. Um, and then, uh, once I get into Guat City, uh, it's back down to first and second gear for, you know, an hour until I get to the lawyer's office. Oh, wow, and that's... the cool thing is the the lawyer's office is right off the main road. I go in, drop my passport, say hello. Uh, can I pay you? Can I deposit money in your bank account? That way I don't have to come back here. Sure. Give me your account number. Right. It'll, it'll be in there Friday. And then I go home. All right. So we got, we got another it's... cop story for you, Dave. Uh, I don't know. Sure. I, well, I got to bring this up here. I might have an ad because I had it loaded and then it gave me ads. It's got a stupid Hyundai ad. Just... I had still look- not run an ad blocker. You, I, I even still installed. If you're using my old computer, if you're using any computer there, I'm it using, should have the brave. I'm using your the old brave computer. browser. Yeah, there should be a brave browser. It should be. Well, maybe no, because I didn't. Maybe I didn't put in your your thing. Yeah, I don't um, think it's in this one because I. I, I get but asked. all right, so so just download brave. Bra- go Google brave well, he browser. He wants to do tech comes- while we're doing the show right now. It, well, I'm just telling everybody, every fucking show host that was in the sound of my voice, use Brave Browser. It comes with an ad blocker, and um, I think uh, it turns off flash. And everything you have to actually turn on uh, to when you use it, so that way it doesn't doesn't do pre-roll. Uh, see, that works. That. Oh, here we go. Uh, this is a uh, this is something I have an issue with in in general. They just changed Mikey's uh, um, child resource officer at his school. Uh, so I don't, I haven't got to know this guy yet. He's a, a male. The other one was a female. Kind of liked her. She was kind of upbeat. This guy seems kind of douchey. But this just happened up in Pinellas County. Uh, that's this channel. So Deputy Darling is sitting there taunting this kid with handcuffs, spinning them around, uh, making threats to the kid, and forcing the kid to stand there with these books in his hand, and then telling the kid, throw the books, and then when the kid goes to throw the books, he says, don't throw the books. So this was a Pinellas County resource deputy talking to a child with autism. This is the way he treated him. Can you tell me, do you know what, uh, what school it is? 
Uh, let's see here. Uh, Deputy Earl Darwin was assigned to the resource officer at the uh, Osceola Middle School. So this was a 13-year-old boy to top it off. Yeah, yeah. Well, remember, I don't remember if they, in your school if they had police, but I, you know, I grew up in Brooklyn. They had no fucking cops there. No, we, we didn't had, have cops had, in school. We had guards, and I had problems with the guards, too. Um, but, you know, this is what happens. You put a cop in a fucking school. What's he going to – he, he joins the force to go arrest bad people, so he's going to arrest bad people where, he, where he's at, and he's going to make bad people out of them. Oh, that, that fucking it's – it's It's gross. Yeah, it really is disturbing. I don't think cops should be. And my son is in third grade. Why do we have a cop in third grade? School goes up to fifth grade. That why do we have a cop there all day long, wandering the hallways? Yeah, well, you know, they, they're going to tell you because it's for it's for your safety in case somebody comes in and shoots up the place. But in, in fact, you know, I mean, shit in Texas, they 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 give uh, school children tickets. That if if they don't pay, their parents have to fucking pay for it. Yeah. It's it's this this country uh, or the country that you're in. Um, <laughs> they like fi- the they figure f- they're gonna fine you into into getting shit done. Like uh, I just read a story. Uh, Charlie Crist, the ex governor of Florida, who's now some sort of congressman or some shit like that, um, or maybe even in Pinellas County, um, because there's a rash of uh, car thefts. Well, Charlie Crist is there. our is our governor, dumbass. Charlie Crist is not your governor. No, oh, no, it's the ex governor. I'm sorry, you're right. My bad. Right. Right. So, you're right. Ex governor. So, so, I knew so, I knew the name. Right. He ran. He he ran for governor again, but didn't win. So now, now he's skeletal he right now. Right, right, exactly. So now he's uh, he's some sort of somebody in in Florida, but he he had this meeting he's with somebody with in team. Florida. Yeah, I don't I don't give a fuck anymore because you know I'm political atheist. I don't give a shit who you are. Um, well, that's but like a democratic meet- socialist, a political atheist, <laughs> democratic socialist. That was something I had on my list of talking about tonight. Well, maybe we'll get into that with with Ford. All right, so it's a, it's a real, so let me do this real quick then. Um, he was talk, he's, he's, he talked to some teenagers, right? And I'm reading this article and I'm like, you know, that's probably a good idea. You know, let's, let's engage the teens because even the teens said, yeah, there's nothing for us to do. So we get into the bad, we get up with the bad people. We do bad things. So basically they were saying we're fucking bored, right? And our parents don't give us any guidance, which is exactly what they said. So Charlie Chris is like, yeah, all right, we'll figure something out. And the very bottom of the thing, Charlie Chris comes up with, uh, extra, Harsh, you know, fines for 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 car theft to try to deter. I'm like, how how many fucking years do you have to actually create laws to realize that the laws do not deter people whatsoever? You can't legislate behavior. People don't. I've been saying that for years. You've been saying it for years. I've been saying it for you. You can't legislate behavior. You can't legislate stupidity. Right. No one's interested in getting shit done. Everyone's interested in in penalizing people if they do something bad. That's it. They, they don't care about results. They care about um, making laws. That's it. It's it's sad the the the, the system we're working under in this country here. I mean, and I, I I stand against a lot of what our government talks about. But I you know I served in this military. I, I've I've been a volunteer. That's like what we were talking about the boat thing. You know I would go out. I've, I'm trained. I know what to do. Why wouldn't I go help people? And, and too many people are are out there to hurt. And not to help. And that's... Well, not only that, you know, this is going to go to the democratic socialist thing now. Um, they want other people to help. They want to sit back and say, okay, I want you to help. And I want to create a law that makes people pay for the help for these people. So it gets to take away everybody else's money to pay for something that I like. And meanwhile, it, there are no, there's no results here. 
You know, it usually backfires, like the war on drugs backfired, the war on terror is backfired, you know, uh, the war on poverty is backfired. All these things, they fucking backfire. I implore anybody that sounded my voice, if you've got Netflix, go uh, watch the movie um, Poverty, Inc. And it shows you how uh, over in Africa, uh, all these do-gooders have fucked people's lives up, right? And, and they tr- they're trying to help. They really don't, they don't mean any malice, but it fucks things up. And they have actually solutions which are not what most people think. Just like, you know, to, to stop the drugs, you should legalize it, right? Which is contrary to what, what everyone thinks. But the, the, the data's out there. You know, we got Portugal that, you know, was it 17 years now that, that, that we have this empirical data that's, that backs up, you know, decriminalizing shit and, and treating it as a healthcare problem, not a fucking criminal problem. It right. works. Yeah, you know, the teenagers just don't do drugs anymore, or not as much. Well, it's not as it's not a, as big of a of a draw. I mean, alcohol was a big draw when I was younger. I always stayed away from drugs when I was very young because I, I fell into that hole. You know, we gotta we gotta worry about the the anti drug thing and blah blah blah. And and I was against. I wouldn't touch pot until I was eighteen. You know, which is that a bad thing? No, not really. You know, I think that's no, good. I don't know. It's just like alcohol. You know, you need to stay away from it for a little bit. I love that face when you hang up the phone with that person. <laughs> Hi, honey, you're back. Yeah, sorry. It's all right. No worries. Like I said, to step away for a moment. So, Dave, we're going to take a break here. Jesus Christ, the rain's bad there. I had to turn you down a little bit. Uh, we're this, take- this is not. I, I, I had to turn it down myself. This is not even bad. This is just when it pours. I, I can't. I, I'd have to shut. I, I'd have to disconnect from you. Right now, no it's worries. That fucking loud. I'm riding your pot. Don't worry. We're good. Um, so I, I found this entertaining. Uh, and we are gonna we're gonna have Ford Fisher Fisher joining us here in the second hour. We're to get to know who he is, and then we're gonna get into some of the things he's been working on recently and in the past, and and what he's doing. Uh, but one of the things that I I got a great laugh out of. Uh, I found this very entertaining. Uh, we see protesters on the right, and and for years going all the way back, you know, when Obama came in, the, the right leaning protesters. Uh, tend to be pretty strong people. Tend to not be. Uh, uh, they don't. They don't push out very often when when things get rough. Uh, and then you see the left leaning protesters, and and they tend to be a little, a little wimpier, a little, just you know, a little softer. A little softer. Yeah, exactly. So this this <laughs> I got to laugh when I watch this, honey. I haven't shown you this yet. This is a this is an antiphy or whatever the fuck they're called. Uh, A protester at Berkeley. Antifa. Antifa Antifa stands for anti-fascist, so it's Antifa. Yeah, I know what it stands for, and I agree with being anti-fascist. He refuses to say it properly. He likes to call them antifas. Right, well, that's what we should just to just to make make it look like this, they're as dumb as they are. Anti, anti, what is it? What do you call them? Antififies. Antifa. 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 Right. Antifa. Okay. I mean, that's okay, you know, if you're going to do it, if you're going to be anti-fascist, then be anti, be anti-fuck. You know, that, <laughs> you'd be anti-fuck. That's what. That's where you stand uh, up. That's you know, you should have came and talked to me before you named your group. You should be anti-fuck. That that would work well, but anyway. So this chick, she's at Berkeley. She's getting arrested, and I just I found this entertaining. We're gonna take a break after this. We'll get uh, Ford dialed up. Uh, I gotta go to the bathroom. We've gone a straight hour already. So, but but this was this was entertaining. Play. I need my service. I want you. I want you. 
right, so what we have here is a protester being arrested, screaming for her service animal because it's supposed to be with her. Back, back, move. So let's think about what she's doing here. Does anybody have a guess what she's doing here? She went to a violent protest with her service animal and complains when they get separated? Uh, she is setting up a lawsuit for a disability infringement case because the police separated her from her service oh. animal. Oh, uh, yeah, that, that ought to, You know what? That, that ought to. These are the people we're dealing with <sighs> on, on all sides. And listen, both sides are wrong, in my opinion. I don't. I, I, we're going to get into to, yeah, to yeah. the other side well, yeah. when we get when we get forward on. Uh, but both sides are idiotic. Both sides are stupid. And and to think you're going to go to a protest and be a douchebag. She's obviously being arrested for something. They're they're pretty lenient on these people. They're not arresting you know vapidly. They're not just going out and arresting everybody like they used to do in in 09, 2010, 2011. If you recall, you go back to the G20 protest back then, you were walking on the street wrong and they would arrest you. And the, the it, nowadays yeah, same thing at same thing at Occupy. Yeah, Occupy was the same way. Yeah, but nowadays they're arresting for reasons. They're not just randomly arresting. So you're getting arrested for a reason. I don't necessarily know if I agree with it, but you're in cuffs. Shut up. And your service animal doesn't need to be with you. Just my opinion. Just right. my thoughts. That's, that's, like, uh, that's like being uh, arrested uh, and you know, you, you're in a wheelchair. They're going to take you out and they're going to put you in the paddy wagon and your wheelchair is going to go somewhere else. You, know, you can't complain about it. Right, it's just the way they're not going to bring a wheelchair van out to pick you up. They're going to pick you up and put you in the van and <laughs> put your chair in the in the back seat or in the trunk or whatever, and you'll have a chair when you get to where you're going. It's just how it works. All right, guys, you're listening to First Fifty Two yeah. Raz Radio Live dot com, Radio Free Blood, Radio Chaos, Radio Confluence, the Disruption Networks, and Salty Talk. That's where you'll find us every Tuesday. Uh, we'll be back in a few. We're going to have Ford Fisher joining us in the second hour. We'll get into some conversation, get to know Ford, see what he's about, and then we'll talk about some, some topics, some things that, you know, maybe we need to know about. We'll be back in a couple minutes, guys. I know my goddamn rats! Save us from the boogeyman funded by the CIA funneled through Arabian banks. 
like a shank to the neck. They hit you from the back, no sweat. Ho check and watch it shake and take away your freedom. You really don't need them when you're tucked away safe and protected by FEMA. Then you must be a dreamer like the great pretender. As the second amendment, why I'll never surrender. But I'll never plead the fifth when it comes to September. I'ma yell it from the roof and expose the agenda. Yeah. Time to wake up and open your eyes to the matrix. This is going out to the truthers and patriots. Living free and dying hard, speaking through battle scars. An army of one becomes a global resistance. Time to wake up and open your eyes to the matrix. This is going out to the truthers and patriots. Living free and dying hard, speaking through battle scars. An army of one becomes a global resistance. Like I was chosen by God, I was sent with a message to destroy the new world order and dispose of the wreckage. I've been broken and tested, reconstructed and vested, injected with truth. Now the truth has me restless, distressed and aggravated as I rally the masses. Out to make you see what I see when I wear my sunglasses. Watch me singing like a bee, but my name ain't cash. When we confront the tyranny, give them 33 lashes of truth for the youth, for the red, white, and blue. Fuck the mark of the devil and the NAU. Bilderberg, CFR, keep your new world order. We'll live as free men or we'll die as free soldiers. It's time to wake up and open your eyes to the matrix. This is going out to the truthers and patriots. Living free and dying hard, speaking through battle scars. An army of one becomes a global resistance. It's time to wake up and open your eyes to the matrix. This is going out to the truthers and patriots. Living free and dying hard, speaking through battle scars. An army of one becomes a global resistance. Let me tell you something, Will Warrior, it's too late. You can kill people like me. You can shut us down, you can put us in prison. The people got to taste the truth, and there's nothing on earth you can do to stop this information warfare migration. It's time to wake up and open your eyes to the matrix. This is going out to the truthers and patriots. Living free and dying hard, speaking through battle scars. An army of one becomes a global resistance. It's time to wake up and open your eyes to the matrix. This is going out to the truthers and patriots. Living free and dying hard, speaking through battle scars. An army Army of one becomes a global resistance. Look at my crayon. Hold on. What am I supposed to say? What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> What's your name again? John Rand. Four Toad and Lexi. Do I mention Four Toad? Sure. Four oh, Dave. Dave. <laughs> Hey, it's always great to be on the first 52 with Sean Raz for Toad and Lexi. You know, I don't, that sounds like shit. What am I, give me a script here. Come on. I can't do this. You're putting me on, under pressure. Bob, don't worry about it here. And uh, Dr. Bob. <laughs> Dr. Bob, yeah. Dr. Bob Tuscan. <laughs> Bob Tuscan, and you're listening to the first 52 on Raz Radio with my buddies Sean Raz and Lexi Raz and that guy for Toad. You got a like a little internet or podcasting show or something? Chocolate drop. Yeah. Hold on, hold on, buddy. What sure. is the chocolate drop a show about? Chocolate drop? Drop it on us. I kind of know. I will not listen if you don't tell me what it's about. It's about uh, hip hop, rap, turd politics, man skewing, music. Yeah. Hold on, hold on, buddy. Chocolate it's every other guy that's got a podcast around here, okay? And where can people find the chocolate show? It's man skewing. Yes. Rap, turd RazRadioLive.com. There you go. Okay, and when does it air? Saturdays, 1 o'clock Eastern Time. Okay, and where can people find the chocolate show? RazRadioLive.com. There you go. I wish you the best, the, to- the chocolate drop. 
I'm so basically, it's about every other person that's not in real radio that's trying to get in radio and do a show. Rat turd show. Knock yourself out, kid. Rat turd show. The rat. <laughs> RazRadioLive.com. There you go. How much you want for this beat? This beat. Five stacks. This beat. Like this beat ain't even for sale. Stop I ain't even gonna hold you. Come on. Word to everything I love. The sun shines. I'm taking this shit the fuck back. Word ball, my brother, no one could touch that. I'll make a hater wanna love my shit. And the whole entire industry can suck my dick. Niggas like me ain't gotta write 16. The battle rappers in the club hoping we might get seen. Listen, all over your fake freestyles, I'm pissing. Plus, I got permission from God to listen. How I wanna, now I'm gonna do what I wish to. Rap Lord, smack the floor, the fucking sister. You better recognize, son, I ain't playing. Close attention to everything I'm saying Cause I'm a one-man army And I promise you, your 13-man team cannot harm me Starving artists with a grudge Sauteed and jewelry, deep-fried and judge Put them clowns under the prison Free innocent victims of the wicked system Give me the justice and the honor I'm due Swinging with orangutans, we belong in a zoo You better open up the blinds and let the sun shine Open up the blinds and let the sun shine Open up the blinds and let the sun shine Let the smoke cloud clear so the sun can shine Open up the blinds and let the sun shine Open up the blinds and let the sun shine Open up the blinds and let the sun shine Let the smoke cloud clear so the sun can shine You know I wanna take you out that outfit Ain't no doubt about it, you're silly girl South Philly girl You know I wanna meet you in the middle it ain't no puzzle or riddle, you feel me, girl? North Philly, yeah, girl. Yeah, 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 yeah. Them West Philly chicks that make Jay kiss and overlook. I remember I used to stand outside of Overbrook. Wait until my joint came out. I was fucking Aisha before the song came out. Her best friend Keisha was a bit older. And she told her, Hayes got a boulder. Keisha was curious, so she had to try it. Still, I'd rather see Aisha in a violet open sundress. Let the sun shine. Open up the lines and let the sun shine. Open up the lines and let the sun shine. Let the smoke cloud clear so the sun can shine. Open up the lines and let the sun shine. Open up the lines and let the sun shine. Open up the lines and let the sun shine. Let the smoke cloud clear so the sun can shine. How is the be on the key rap trivial and cosmetic? That's pathetic and pitiful. I don't fall for it. Nor will I stand for it Genocide rap Little kids dance to it Gunshots Helicopters in the neighborhood But you got some new kicks So the flavor's good Just the other night Thirteen shots rung It took about a half an hour For the cops to come That's sicker than the tip Of an old toilet brush Some people get a kick Out of that shit They should all get flushed Poor people have been conditioned To accept horror Imagine if Katrina Would have hit Santa Barbara People are sick Drug companies got them dying Bottom line is It's all about the bottom line It don't take a genius guard They can't can't cure a common cold, but they got a pill to keep your penis hard. Ain't no money in curing your stress and your strife. But take this tablet once a day for the rest of your life. It's a motherfucking joke, but ain't shit funny. This country's just a giant corporation trying to get money. Open up the signs and let the sun shine. Open up the signs and let the sun shine. Open up the signs and let the sun shine. Let the smoke cloud clear so the sun can shine. Open up the signs and let the sun shine. Open up the signs and let the sun shine. Open up the signs and let the sun shine. Let the smoke I just wanted to take the time, take the time, write this to you myself because I think you get a bum rap. People always 
got something negative to say about you, man. I don't get it. Do a great job. We should be more appreciative. Appreciative. <laughs> I can't believe people say you a hater. Just because we called for help and you came an hour later. Maybe you was extra busy stopping criminal acts. Some even said you pulled people over because they black. All of y'all do a great job keeping your scope on us. And I refuse to believe you would plant some dope on us. They had to be wrong if you busted in their residence. They even lied and said you created fictional evidence. I gotta commend how you handle situations. Shot a youngster, beat his mama, and got a paid vacation. I know it's hard being you, so why would they question? In everything you do, we know it's all for our protection. Passing through our neighborhoods, spying at night. Some consider it harassment and denying our rights. You had to have a good reason for attempting to hurt us. Cause I know that y'all would never ever do it on purpose. Dear Mr. Policeman, why is everybody tripping? I just don't understand. I know you out here in the streets doing the best that you can. If I could meet you face to face, I would shake your hand. Dear Mr. Policeman, why is everybody tripping? I just don't understand. I know you out here in the streets doing the best that you can. If I could meet you face to face, I would shake your hand. Dear Mr. Policeman, them tickets you wrote for me costed over a grand. Didn't think that I was speeding, but you got me because. And since I know you wouldn't tell a lie, I guess that I was. Kind of struggling, so to not pay them is threatening my freedom. Thanks for showing up to court to make sure I didn't beat them. And we don't make it easy when we see y'all coming. Instead of just letting you beat us, we be struggling and running. I know you hate it when we make you have to use that stick. Sorry. And by the way, the taser and that pepper spray did the trick. I'm still walking funny. Hope my vision kicks back in I know that I was wrong, sir I'll never jaywalk again Somebody told me you was jealous Cause their car was brand new I said the police jealous? That can never be true Maybe one day I can be as clever as you You care about us So you monitor whatever we do Dear Mr. Policeman Why is everybody tripping? I just don't understand I know you out here in the streets Doing the best that you can If I could meet you face to face I would shake your hand Dear Mr. Policeman, why is everybody tripping? I just don't understand. I know you out here in the streets doing the best that you can. If I could meet you face to face, I would shake your hand. Pardon me, Mr. Policeman. These cuffs are cutting off the blood flow to my hands. It's amazing how you kicked that dude all in his face and beat the case even though they had it all on tape. I know you love the people in the hood. How could you fake it? And that missing drug money, I know you didn't take it. I don't understand why people accuse you of hate. I know you only follow us to make sure that we safe. I saw nine of y'all against one, beating the brainless. That 65-year-old woman must have really been dangerous. Cleaning up the streets is your top priority you qualify for this why would we question your authority you only working hard following training why the hell are the mexicans and blacks complaining you gotta be the closest thing i've seen the perfect and everybody that you locked up they had to deserve it yeah Dear Mr. Policeman, why is everybody tripping? I just don't understand. I know you out here in the streets doing the best that you can. If I could meet you face to face, I would shake your hand. Dear Mr. Policeman, why is everybody tripping? I just don't understand. I know you out here in the streets doing the best that you can. If I could meet you face to face, I would shake your hand.
really what it is, man. You guys ever, you guys, anybody here watch uh, a little bit of Fox News? No. Oh my God, you watch, oh my God. Do you get scared when you watch it? Yeah. Mm. It's based on fear. It's all based, like I watch it from time to time to see what the other side is thinking a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I want to like, like, and then once you watch it a little bit, you start like doubting the people around you. I'm like, maybe my cousin Mahmoud is up to some shit. You might be right about that. I think Julio's trying to take my job too. <laughs> Gotta get rid of these Mexicans and Muslims. What the hell? You start watching enough Fox News, you think the world is out to get you. You think the Mexicans are here to take our jobs and the Muslims are gonna kill us. I'm gonna get eaten by a shark. I might get eaten by a Mexican Muslim shark. <laughs> who's, who's got the v- Zika virus. His name is Barack or Hussein or Obama or some shit like that. It's fear. Even the Trump supporters, it's all fear. Trump is the, the craziest shit. Nobody thought, when Trump first started running, everybody thought it was a joke. Everybody was like, ha, 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 ha. Now everyone was like, ha, 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 It's crazy, man. I'm trying to wait for, I'm waiting for him to say something of substance. He has not, he's got like no plans. It's just a lot of, it's cheerleading, right? He's like, make America great again. Make America great again. Gonna be number one. Gonna be number one. Gonna be rich. Gonna be rich. <laughs> How are we gonna do it? I have no idea. <laughs> figure it out. The number one saying I heard Trump supporters say, I love him because he says what's on his mind. He just says what's on his mind. He just says what's on his mind. You go, what are your thoughts on his policies? I don't know. If he's got any policies, he just says what's on his mind. This saying became so prominent, my own mother, Iranian lady, she started, I went to visit, she fell for it. I went to visit her, she goes, Maz, I like this guy because he said what's on his mind. I go, Mom, are you crazy? He's anti-immigrant, okay? I go, if he became president, your relatives couldn't come to visit you. She goes, I don't like them anyway. He saved what's on his mind, so I don't have to save what's on my mind. <laughs> Which is, stop visiting me, you cheap bastards. Stay at the hotel one time, Bobo. What am I, Holiday Inn? All right, guys, welcome back to the first fit to RazRadioLive.com, Radio Free Blood, Radio Chaos, Radio Confluence, Salty Talk Radio, and the Disruption Networks. By the D. There we are. Alright guys, sorry about the long break. We had some technical issues getting uh, dialed up with everything and everything moving properly. But we're here, we're back. We're going to get into some some major topics, some major conversation. You know, that guy's funny. I, I, uh, Mazad Jabrana, I'm not, I'm not going to try to think that I know how to say his name. Uh, he's a good comedian. I remember watching a comedy show of, of him on Netflix. And I like stand-up comedy. Stand-up comedy is probably one of the, the best things we can do to try to, to try to get people to understand what's going on. We've had great comedians do it before. Son of a bitch! Anywho, so on the line here, we got, of course, Four Toad. You still there, brother? I am still here. I'm still there. Is it raining or did it stop raining in Guatemala yet? No, it, 
It just stopped raining. I, I turned up the pot, and I was like, oh, I don't hear anything. There you go. Excellent, excellent. And on the phone with, with us also is our buddy Ford, Ford Fisher. First time joining us here on the First 52, but you have been on my station before, man. Yes, that's right. Uh, between JREV Radio and, uh, you know, others that kind of seem to be in your in your network, yes, I think I should be familiar to some of your uh, more avid listeners. Yeah, well, it's kind of funny because I, I asked you for your, your – uh, Dave, bring yourself down a little bit for me, please. Because I got you on the same pot. No, I'm talking to Dave. Uh, you're on the same pot, Dave, so, yeah, there you go. Um, it's funny. Yeah, I can't hear him anymore, so I, I can't hear him anymore, so I'm just going to bail for now. I'll All wait right. for you later. All right, I'm just shutting up. Gotcha, gotcha. Anyway, um, I went to get you, and I'm looking for you on on Skype there to to dial you up, right? And I'm like, oh, he's already on my Skype, so he's he's been here before. Somebody has, has interviewed him. And I'm trying to look through, and I'm like, oh, it wasn't me. I don't I don't do shows on Sunday. I'm assuming it was Don Pontius, probably. I don't know if that rings uh, a bell. Well, I've done his, but uh, didn't Trip you used to be on your? Uh, thing right well yeah trip still works he's still simulcast on me he's not on my station he actually is on his own but he's simulcast on my station right yeah yeah well so I, i've done his like i mean countless dozens of times yeah trip's a good guy i love trip's just he's a true patriot you know he's a true libertarian type person right sure yeah so uh so here's here's the deal what i like to do with an interview first interview um explain who we are to each other uh, I'm a 42-year-old grandfather with three children. My oldest is 22. My youngest is nine. Um, I, I've been in the patriot, truth, experimental, conspiracy uh, fringe for about eight or nine years. Uh, I started my station about five years ago. My listeners are going, man, every time you have a new interview, this is what you say. But I, I think it's important for us to be able to develop a relationship and, and to do interviews together if we know each other and, and where we come from. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, so I've been doing this about five years on my own station, been in the conspiracy world eight years. I know you probably don't call it conspiracy world. Uh, you probably think some of the things I think are crazy. Uh, but that's okay. Uh, I haven't heard from you enough to, to you know. Uh, you'll you think I'm crazy. That. Trust me. I, I, I know you will. <laughs> if I was more familiar with you, I, I would. <laughs> <laughs> more than likely you will. Uh, but that's okay because we have to have that craziness out there. Uh, my father was in, in radio in Philadelphia for over 40 years. Uh, that's kind of how I finally fell into this whole thing. Why I fell into it so late in life, I don't know. Uh, but he was a, an oldies DJ in Philly. Uh, for many years, I grew up in South Jersey, uh, and that's kind of me. That, that's that, right. that's what I am uh, beyond the radio shtick, beyond the, the trying to share information world. Uh, sure. So I, I would ask the same of you. I mean, you're a young man. You're 23 years old. You're only a year older than my youngest or my oldest son. Uh, mm-hmm. So you've, you've advanced pretty quickly. Uh, you've, you went to college. You went to school. Uh, you started up. Uh, what's it? Uh, hold on, I got your thing here. I got your bio pulled up, so we can make sure we reference to it. It's sure. the, now, what's the, what's the website you work off of? Yeah, so so my website uh, and kind of brand name is News to Share. It's News the Number to Share. Uh, unfortunately, some other blogger sniped News To Share dot com right after we started News with the Number to Share. So uh, News the Number to Share dot com. So the actual numeric to yes, the, yes, the number two. So, and that's a good place to check it out. And yep. 
I, I don't know how long I've been following you, honestly. Uh, you came up. It's kind of weird because I've been trying to do some new interviews recently. And when I reached out to you, you were like, well, you want to talk about Charlottesville? And I'm like, well, I guess we can. And I didn't even really put it all together at that point in time. I just you you had posted something that had come up on my feed and I've been looking for newer interviews. So I've interviewed, you know, I, I Danny Ponzello I had on last week. Um, Scott Rickard, I interview on a regular basis. Jack Blood's a good friend of mine. You know, the, I've interviewed a lot of, uh, interesting people, including Chris Cantwell. I've interviewed Chris Cantwell right. probably five times. Uh, I used to rebroadcast, uh, his show, uh, on Sunday nights on my station years ago. Uh, so. Right. We have a little bit of a connection beyond just Trip and 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 the other sure. stations you've worked with, uh, and it's weird that when I reached out to you, the that was the first thing, and I understand you're getting bombarded. You have so much going on right now in your yes. world. Uh, you had s- expressed that to me that you know you're getting uh, uh, interview requests left left and right. Was it CNN that used your video? Uh, yeah, well, so, I mean, in the last couple of weeks, CNN, New York Times, Reuters, uh, uh, NBC, and, and then a lot of, you know, smaller sites, but those are the big ones that I'm, you know, aware of. Right. And, and and a lot of people, um, you know, Margaret is another person that we're both connected with, Margaret Cecily. Yes, indeed. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, I, I came across something tonight prepping for the show. Uh, I work until five o'clock, so my prep was very limited, (laughs) to be honest with you. Uh, but I came across something and I've had some of my listeners say the same thing and I've said the same thing about other people. Uh, there's mm-hmm. some question about whether you, and this, this is a new word, the deep state. You, you work for the deep uh-huh. state allegedly for it. And, and you know, right. I don't, I, I don't okay. know how that comes up and, and I'm, I'm not calling you out and, and I don't believe it. Trust me, but I need to, I need to hear your opinion of where this is coming from. Oh well, I, so you mean where? So where that claim is coming from is is not a is not an opinion. It's a it's a fact of an individual who's who's doing it. I mean, have you have you seen where this is? I I wasn't expecting you to ask about this, but I'm but I'm happy to talk about it. Are, have you watched like the YouTube video that that led to this? I watched a few minutes of it. I, I guess I got about five six minutes into it. Um, and uh, I, I here's part of my problem. I'm a conspiracy theorist. Okay, I believe that nine eleven was an inside job. I believe that um, JFK was assassinated by our government. I believe that the Gulf of Tonkin was a lie. I, I believe that uh, some of these shootings that we've seen over the past ten years were planned, orchestrated things. But I don't buy this whole hoax thing that has developed over the past two years. The past two, three years, maybe. Uh, this everything's a hoax. Everybody's an agent uh, has has really bothered me uh, that it's gone to that point. And, and, and that's where I look at it from. OK, so uh, let's uh, let me sort of quickly summarize. Actually, you first wanted to know who I am. So let me start there. Yep. Uh, but then I will get to to where whether you're agent or not. Are you an agent? Because, <laughs> so, so firstly, no. But but secondly, actually, I, I want to point out that like all of that stuff, like basically some lunatic made a conspiracy theory video that I will I, I'll circle back to that. But like like literally like that's happened since this interview has been planned. Like we've had this interview planned longer than like than like that guy, you know, did that like he, he started making videos like bombarding me like four days ago. OK, 
Um, so, so that was just sort of poor timing, but, uh, or maybe good timing, <laughs> but it's actually. good timing because we should discuss it because you have to defend yourself. Listen, you sure. have to defend yourself and I, and I don't, I don't buy in. And I've had friends that are on my Facebook that people yeah. I've known for years that have commented about that. And I, I, I respect them, you yeah. know, but I, I got to make my own opinion. Okay. So, uh, firstly, who, who am I? Right, so my name's Fort Fisher, to people who didn't already know, uh, last name F-I-S-C-H-E-R. Um, because conspiracy theorists have been going nuts over me in the last week, uh, I just want to point out my full name is Andrew Bradford Fisher, so there's no conspiracy about the fact that my first name that I generally use is uh, different from my from my legal first name. Ford is a nickname for Bradford, which is my middle name. Okay, so <laughs> starting there. Um, uh Basically, I got into media kind of when I was in high school, actually. I worked for a local cable station. Um, Boxford Cable Access Television was just my local, you know, town cable station. Um, and it was there that I actually had uh, somewhat of the epiphany about the the kind of contrast between the media and the state that sort of led me into believing that objective media is the sort of uh, antithesis to authority, right? So – even on the on a tiny scale in Boxford, Massachusetts, you can look it up, 8,000 people in a whole town, right? The local government was pretty ineffective, and they would often be, you know, try to prevent me from filming their meetings and all the rest, right? So right. as a politically, you know, kind of in the, in the beginning of my political world, right? So I, I gained the skepticism of government at the same time as I started working in the, in the field of, of filming, of, of media, um, so I went to American University where I studied film, and uh, in my first year at AU, I worked very heavily with our school cable station. Um, but ultimately, uh, that was kind of not, I guess, enough. Like, it didn't feel like real news, so to speak. It was just, not not that it was fake news, but it was like campus-level news. Right, right? yeah, exactly. So, the, the fake uh, news thing, you know, that's a funny thing you say that, not to interrupt you, but uh, sure. th- th- this fake news mantra, it, it goes just like with the other mantras I was talking about, you know, the, the, the it's all a hoax mantra. All these right. things have just developed within the past few years. So I get what you're saying. I understand. It's, you're right. So everything's vastly sort of evolved. Um, but uh, so – in when it came to Obama's second inauguration, uh, I did a project that was supposed to be sort of for the school cable station, in which myself and another student named Trey Yingst uh, recorded uh, a story. We we went and we interviewed the Westboro Baptist Church that was protesting at Obama's inauguration. And if anyone's familiar with them, basically <laughs> they're like a homophobic group, you know, with with you know signs that that are. I, I, that I don't want to be, I don't, I don't want to be recorded quoting out loud, but they're, but they're horrendous, uh, you know, homophobic. They're, they're crazy people in general. And I agree with that too. Right. So, so you were pretty young at that point though. So yeah, so we were, so I guess I would have been 19 and we basically did that story and, uh, where we interviewed them and we actually put it on CNN iReports, which is basically this portal that anybody can just submit footage or whatever to CNN. And, Shockingly to us, we our footage ended up our our story ended up on the homepage of CNN, like on the day that Obama was inaugurated for the second time. Um, so we realized that we actually really had a knack for this, and instead of limiting ourselves to the school cable station, you know, we ended up creating news to share, where our concept was sort of twofold. It, for one thing, it was us creating news that uh, other news outlets would be able to use, right? And being college students, it was it originally wasn't so much of a business as just trying to get our, you know, 
attention. footage on the news, get our names on the news, right? Yeah, so right. sort of attention. Um, uh, you know, and then also we had the submit feature where people could could submit content to news to share. And theoretically, we would do the same thing. Kind of like so, a Drudge Report type sharing yeah. site. So the, the the problem was people didn't really submit raw footage news because with social media, most people would just post it on there on Facebook. So like like our, our brand was really like, OK, if somebody sees, let's say, like a sh- witnesses a shooting or, or a or a violent arrest or something that they would submit the footage to news to share. The problem was most people would just sort of upload it on social media. So that half of the of the site's platform I'm willing to concede basically failed because people didn't use it. Right. But, um, but I ended up getting somewhat of a following for myself and our, our beat that we kind of established was that we were covering mostly street activism, which really evolved since we began. So, uh, and I should point out by the way, Trey, the co-founder uh, now is the um, white house correspondent for one American news. He no longer works at news to share, but I work with a guy named Alejandro Alvarez who, who got in on the first year at News to Share, also a student at AU at the time. Um, anyway, we, we began covering street activism, and it's been really interesting to see that evolve because on the left, you have the, pr- the predominant majority of street activism, right? So we were in D.C., and, or I, and I still am in D.C., and most of what I filmed were – it would usually be fairly principled leftist protesting against Obama on single-issue things such as Code Pink – Right, which is an anti-war women's organization, they would go out and protest the fact that Obama was not sincerely anti-war. He'd See, say I, have, I don't remember seeing Code Pink that much back then, though. I got to be honest. I mean, yeah. that was one of the things that that my side, and I don't mean my side, your side. Don't take that yeah. the wrong way. But the huh? conspiracy guys were like, "Where? What happened to Code Pink? They were out there when Bush was out there. It wasn't really predominantly shown so, on the news." Yeah, so I think that part of the issue. And and by the way, street activism I think really dropped during uh, Obama and then and then popped up during during Trump a lot, right? So there's no there's no question there. However, Code Pink protest had a protest against Obama at least weekly, right? Um, I think it was just covered less often because it doesn't really fit the mainstream media narrative, right? Right. right. The the mainstream media would have you believe that that Obama's bombs are peace bombs and he's expanding, you know, from Bush's four wars to you know, Obama's seven wars were peace wars. Right? Well, although mean, he's that, the first president to ever kill American citizens on foreign, foreign soil with, uh, you know, drones. Right, which which if uh, – right, it's a great example, right? So if, if Anwar al-Awlaki, right, was killed by Trump, I think that it would cause a huge uproar and to some extent it was not forgotten, but it, but it was given less attention than it probably would have been under Mr. Progressive Obama. But so anyhow, street activism tended to be against uh, – not explicitly against Obama, but it tended to be trying to hold Obama accountable. It was people protesting Obama who, uh, you know, may have voted for him, right? So there was there was a different dynamic where things were like a lot more intense. A lot, I'm sorry, a lot less intense until uh, Michael Brown died, right? When Michael mm. Brown died, it exited who is the president, right? That stopped being the issue, right? It stopped being about war, and it started being. The war is on us. Police brutality. Right. And so it was police. And when I say us, I guess I mean the American citizen. But obviously there was associated with that, you know, race and class issues and all the rest. Right. And I I honestly believe that they were trying to develop a race war. And I've discussed this before. I think they were trying to develop a race war then. And they couldn't do it because they didn't have the right uh, primer for it. So go ahead with what you're saying. 
So I, I'm just going to state for the record, I'm not <laughs> I'm not a conspiracy theorist like you are. You're, I'm, uh, oh, I'm I am. happy to have you interject your uh, your your the you know postulate your your different ideas, and I totally respect your your right and platform to to do that on. But but I, I just want to be clear to anyone in the audience that I don't necessarily agree with anything like that. Absolutely, but, no, absolutely. Yeah, that, um, that's what we're doing. We're having a conversation. We're sharing both sides of what we believe. Right. But so so but with all of that in mind, it was interesting because. As, as much as I don't think that there was some kind of like a like an orchestrated war like the way that you're talking about, there did grow this warlike mentality where as opposed to they're deporting those people or they're or Obama's going to war with this group and we don't think that those things are right. Right. It became when because of Michael Brown and then the following movements, it became the state is at war with us. And it was interesting because it's not common that you hear the left wing feel that way. Right. Black Lives Matter is in a way at war with the state. They feel like the state represents their body. They feel like the state uh, represents a threat to their body, right? Uh, so that permeated throughout the country, right? So I actually, my my partner at the time, Trey, went to Ferguson. I, I didn't. Uh, I was in D.C. But D.C.'s activism also evolved to reflect Black Lives Matter, right? And so there were marches for Michael Brown and Eric Garner and everybody else like that in D.C. All things I stand uh, up against, and I believe that they... They, they, that was horrible things that happened and that somebody right. should have been held accountable. Right. And so uh, and then there was Baltimore, right, where, where this sort of became a little bit more of like a trend. Right. And I was there for a week in the in the Baltimore uh, riots filming there. Um, activism a little bit slowed down after that as it related to the policing stuff. And it sort of shifted into Trump. And the way that Trump evolved street activism is bizarre because it used to be that it was principled leftists or or people afraid on the behalf of minorities who do not see it necessarily as a political strife, but rather kind of like a, a, a we're in danger kind of strife. Mm. And so when Trump happened, it changed because there was a, a lot more anger entered the entire political sphere not that so, i believe in labels and not to interrupt again but not that i believe in labels but where would you put yourself in the political spectrum of the world well so first and foremost uh i i point out that if anybody watches my coverage they wouldn't be able to tell based purely on my coverage but with that being said my my particular ideology is that share is that is that people should know what my politics are, because then if they if, if they're influencing my coverage, someone could call me out on that. Mm -hmm. Right. So I actually think it's like some journalists are like, I have to hide my politics or in the extreme. Some journalists are like, I won't even vote, you know, because because it gives the appearance of non-objectivity. I'm the opposite. I tell people what my politics are. So I'm, I'm a registered member of the Libertarian Party. Okay. I don't consider myself an anarchist. I would generally consider myself along the sort of Thomas Jeffersonian lines of class. Le leave me alone. I'll leave you alone and we'll be good. Yeah, so I would like to just get as close to the non-aggression principle as we can get. Perfect. I mean, that's, that's basically that's, that's what I like to hear, my friend. That's just kind so, of the way I believe. So go ahead. Sorry to interrupt, but I had right. to figure so, that out. Yeah, I mean, and I pretty openly. I mean, I uh, again, I didn't like work for him or anything, but I mean, I voted for Gary Johnson. So for for whoever that that matters to, you know, there it is. Um, anyway, the uh, the change that happened under Trump is that the activists out there stopped being so specific, single issued progressive. It started being were angry at Trump, right? Trump represented everything that they don't like all in one. You're talking about the left side. And this, this is the left. Right. And it also drew in people who wouldn't necessarily be interested in street activism before. So you have people like Code Pink who will protest these single issues every single time. But 
your sort of centrist Democrat, you know, whatever might not have been participating in protesting against Obama because why would they? But once it came to Trump, the street activism became so much wider where now you have centrists, right? Basically centrists, barely left wingers, even some like I guess what I would call like Kasich Republicans kind of marching with them. And you have these general anti-Trump marches happening. But the other evolution on the other side is that I have found it very fascinating to watch the right wing start emulating the political style of the left. And what I mean by this is that uh, I've I found it really fascinating watching, for example, in June, I got a whole lot more uh, ideology <laughs> filmed uh, when there was basically sort of a precursor to Unite the Right. Right. So I'm, I'm getting to Charlottesville here. Right. In Charlottesville, right, the event was supposed to be Unite the Right, and the people who were going to speak included Augustus Invictus, Christopher Cantwell, Richard Spencer, Baked Alaska, Mike Enoch, right? Basically all of these kind of hard right-wing figures, mostly somewhere along the lines of the alt-right. There was a similar rally held on June 25th in Washington, D.C. that pretty much had the same cast of characters. The difference is that the police actually kept the protesters away from the counter-protesters, and so their their speeches weren't interrupted. So I actually filmed most of these guys speaking, and it's a lot of the same ideology that would have happened at Unite the Right if speaking ended up happening. Right. And Cantwell had some really fascinating things to say. He had some really and, listen, racist listen, things to say. Listen, but, I've interviewed Cantwell at least uh, five times, if not more. Um, right. Cantwell is an extreme man. He always has been. Uh, yeah. Back in 2013, when I first started interviewing him, he was an extreme man. Yes. Uh, he, I never thought I would see the. I, I used to rebroadcast his show. Okay, yeah. I, I never thought that I would see him go to the way he went. My yes. co-host, and I, I, I'm sorry he can't. You guys are on the same channel. He can't hear you, and it's not working out well. But he always concerned my interviews with him that he was an agent provocateur that he was a deep state employee, which the deep state was, is this new term. I, I've never heard this deep state person term until now, but anyway, uh, you get my point of what I'm saying. So it's, 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 it's bothersome as we watch these things, these things continue on. So go ahead so, with what you're saying. Sure. So, uh, so I've interviewed Cantwell, I guess three times, basically that, that day, June 25th, uh, at the torch rally that we all saw, well, you ordered, um, you interviewed 11. him before him. I thought I interviewed him on June 25th. Okay, before was, the so, I, I, March. so the first time I met him in person was was in D.C. Actually, uh, in June. Okay. So, but in my interview with him, I didn't get any. Oh, actually, I, what you may be thinking of, there was an interview with him on News to Share, but I didn't do it. There was a live. Somebody else did it. Okay, it to me, but I yeah, it just occurred to me you might have been thinking of that. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, uh, so I guess News to Share has had four interviews with him, and, and I've been I've done three of them, right? I do most of what News to Share is because I own it, right? But um, anyway, I know uh, the feeling, <laughs> right? Exactly. So what Chris said in his speech, right? And in addition to all of his other sort of fascistical, racist, and, and those sorts of things that he said, one of the things that was really fascinating was he said something like. The reason that the left wins, and he, he did concede the left wins, he said the reason that the left wins is because they use street activism and violence the way the honest conservative uses books. That was a real phrase that came out of his mouth, and it was a lot smarter than some of the other stuff he said. 
But what was fascinating was basically he gives the speech where he calls upon the right wing and, and, and by that I mean the extreme right wing to start taking on the tactics of the left. He and he points this out also in his vice interview. If anybody watched the uh, vice documentary, he basically believes that the left wing uh, uses and this is a, and I think this is a fair assessment. The left wing uses street activism, which does build you know, uh, sort of courage, I guess, for a cause where people feel empowered to get out there on the street and all that, uh, unity, right. And a face for it. But, but also these guys start meeting each other. They start having trust for each other in a movement because they're out there on the street and Cantwell calls for the right wing to start doing that and, and doing violence, right? This was right when Jack Posobiec, who's kind of in the alt light, he's sort of a civic nationalist. So alt light. Now, now we have alt light. Is this like Miller light type thing? Yeah, there's <laughs> like a separation, yeah, between like the hard, hard like alt right, and then there's kind of the alt light, which is essentially like nationalists that sort of drop the racism stuff, right? I guess is, is, <laughs> is that can... even possible to be a nationalist and still see? I'm not. I'm not big on patriotism. I, I served right. in the military. Um, I, I was a volunteer EMT for multiple years. I've, I've always been a community service type person, but I mean, when you get nationalism, patriotism and extremism all mixed together, it just, it, it it gets ugly, man. It really does. So anyhow, he, he called that, that individual I mentioned, who's sort of in the alt light had done something much more characteristic of the left, which was that he interrupted a play. Right. That that made fun of Trump. Right, right. I remember that. Yep. And so Cantwell defended him and said, you know, people have been saying to him, oh, you can't do that because you'll act like a leftist. And Cantwell said and Cantwell quoted them saying that and then responded in, you know, in his own terms and said basically, but that's what they should do. Right. And so Cantwell calls for the right to get out on the street and do street activism. And what was interesting is that, of course, that's precisely what they did. So the torch march. So fast forwarding to charlottesville right this event in june everyone was at all these right-wingers were advertising the fact that charlottesville would happen richard spencer spoke he said everybody be in charlottesville on august 12th you know and and as i was talking to people and i saw them organizing it they were saying things like you know only concealed carrier handguns and uh, make sure that you have plenty of helmets and shields and and vests and stuff i mean they were they were prepping it like it was for a war and not for a rally and i i don't have nearly the same uh, sort of connection. I, I don't want to say connections, but like the same vantage point, right? To see what the left wing is planning because they were planning it a lot more in secret. Whereas Unite the Right was publicly planning their event. Right. right? They just had an event page and they were, you know, uh, putting it up there publicly. But but it was very clear to me that the left wing would would probably have bigger numbers and and also show up and fight. Well, they they so, pay they pay their protesters too. I mean that's it's been a proven thing that's that's come out with between Soros and other things, but that's a whole other thing in itself because I don't again I I don't side with anybody. So totally to, yeah, totally another another story and debate for another time. But I but it was very apparent to me that Charlottesville would turn at least some level of violent and. So myself and Alejandro and we went with a couple other journalists kind of car sharing and hotel sharing. And um, when we we actually had no idea that that UVA torch rally thing was going to happen. And the reason we found out about it was that that day, a Twitter account called It's Going Down, which is basically like Antifa's news source, tweeted that there's going to be a like basically a Klan style march at UVA's campus. And so we ran over to UVA's campus and we actually thought that it was a hoax because we didn't find anything, right? We, like we didn't find anybody. 
but eventually we found like a few dudes with torches and then somehow from somewhere, right, like 200 of them appeared. It was it was very quick and frankly, it was very it was kind of scary. Right. Um, but anyway, we ended up covering that and it and it circles kind of back to Cantwell, because if you watch our video of that, I interviewed Cantwell at the beginning. He was on like security for for the for the team, right? They were in this line, right? Double file of people with torches and Cantwell was kind of standing at the periphery of it, uh, essentially pushing away anyone who would get too close or get out of line or whatever. Right. Um, you know, and he was called, he was referring to himself as on physical removal, which is like his new obsession is physically removing people, you know, whatever. It's, I guess it's kind of his meme. Cantwell, anyway, Cantwell is crazy. And I mean, listen, like I said, I've interviewed him and this was years ago. I interviewed yeah. him. And and he's always been an attention whore. Uh, it's something I wanted to bring up to you real fast before you continue, and we'll get through the rest of the story. But uh, I, I interviewed Danny last week, Danny Ponzella. Do you know who he is? Uh, I feel like I'm familiar with the name, but not well enough. I can throw it in the Facebook to try to figure yeah, it out. Yeah, he's out of he's out of New York. He's a, he's an uh-huh. activist. He's uh, he he allegedly is very close with Cantwell. Um, they've they've spoken just like me, years and years of, of communication. And as he we talk, accept my friend request. I, I I just checked. He actually had I had friend requested him at some point, and he never accepted it. <laughs> yeah, so he's a good guy. I mean, hopefully you guys can connect. Uh, yeah, yeah. But when we were talking about this last week, um, he's been a close personal friend of Cantwell's for five, six, seven years, and he right. he said and he claims that Cantwell he believes that Cantwell has gotten into meth. Uh, well, Cantwell did tell the SPLC because uh, they did a hate watch profile on him that he had been a meth user in his life. Yeah. I mean, I, I we all know that that's, that's true. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't have any comment as to whether or not Cantwell was high. Uh, I don't think so. Um, like, like at, like in the Charlottesville stuff, but right. I mean, but yes, I mean, we know that he's, that he's used meth historically. That's not a disputed fact. But that, that's an easy way for the government to grab hold of you and control you when you have something stupid like that going on. This is why I've, I've, Dave, my co-host who we can't obviously talk with right now, he's always thought that Cantwell was a, was an agent from back in the day. He's always thought that. He's always been very reluctant to talk with him. He never liked interviewing with him. Um, and, and these things coming out and he is completely different than what I remember him being. He was a staunch Republican or a libertarian. He was all about freedom. He was all about, you know, property rights and things like that over the years. So this, this is a really rapid change and it's got me confused. Yeah. I mean, he, he's written about it online, so I'm probably not the best. I mean, I've studied it to some extent, but I'm probably not the best one to try to explain Cantwell's views but i mean more or less his evolution was like that he if if you asked him he would say i wanted to believe in liberty the left wouldn't let us have liberty so ergo we have to oppress leftists uh in order to have liberty basically we need tyranny in order to have liberty is like his philosophy now so i mean it doesn't it doesn't make much sense to me but i mean you can find his readings and and you could sort of uh evaluate that for yourself but anyway on August 11th, right on the at the UVA rally, uh, he basically there was a sort of a fight that broke out between there's like a, a maybe a, two dozen students with a sign that said you know UVA students against white supremacy or something like that, and he and somehow there was a small altercation that began and he wasn't one of the original parties to the fight but he just jumped into it right <laughs> he he ran into it and and 
got so excited, I guess, for lack of a better word. He just got really, you know, into this brawl. Um, and he and I ended up one one person the police targeted for arrest, and I ended up filming that police chase. So I missed Cantwell pepper spraying someone. But my understanding is that basically someone ran at Cantwell, he sprayed them, and then someone retaliated and sprayed him. And then I filmed him afterward where he took his shirt off and then he was well, like, in the interview, saying they sprayed me. In the interview – or not the interview. I apologize. In the phone call you made to him on yeah. Saturday uh, the, the – what yeah, was nine that? nine days the, ago now. Yeah, 20th or something like that. Uh, you called him and you discussed that. And, it, and, and based on what I heard in that conversation, uh, yeah. that was a, a, a well-separated two events. There was a, I'm sorry. What, what were well separated two events? The the him being sprayed and him spraying somebody. Those were two yeah, separate I events. So I didn't. That's correct. I didn't witness either of them with my own eyes, though. So I I can't speak to that as well because again, I I saw the one dude who was getting chased away. I I like filming police chases. I don't get that many opportunities <laughs> to do it. Uh, so so when I saw the police, the you know it's. Well, it's like the old Dave Chappelle joke, right? Like, if the police have to come get you, they're bringing an ass whooping with them. Yeah, like, yeah. So he's got to, like, you know, see what's You want to get happen. that ass whooping on tape. You know it. Right. Yeah, if it happens. I mean, they actually didn't even put this guy on the ground, which is which usually they do. But um, anyway, so uh, – but, yeah, Cantwell is now charged with three felonies because of that fight. Um, uh, I had one person who claims to be working with Cantwell who said that his attorney wanted – raw footage from me i i had i told that guy like if if, a, if an attorney contacts me i'm happy to like help them but i'm not just like sending, sending you my shit right. like random dude on facebook but right. anyway yeah uh, please so send me just, your raw footage because i want it yeah you know, just send it right, to me. Yeah, don't worry exactly. about what i'm gonna do with it just send it to me going into his collection yeah <laughs> um anyway the following day was of course the much bigger one which was june 12th i'm, I'm sorry august 12th uh where it was just all out chaos and the police pretty much let it happen. So to your audience and what it seems like is your ideology, right? The there there's all kinds of uh, questions that I've heard people asking to the effect of like, did the police want it to happen or did the police intentionally let it happen? And it's not really my place to speculate about that kind of question, but more or less, I would say whatever their motivations, uh, the police pretty much stood on the sidelines and let people, beat the crap out of each other. But, and it sounds like there was some kettling where they, they kind of directed these two groups together. I, that's a lot of what I what's going yeah. around in that conspiracy world is, is they were directed to, to, to meet these two groups. Yeah. So, uh, so let me try to very quickly explain kind of how, how it was sort of set up because I think there, that's true. What you just said is, is absolutely true. Uh, however, first of all, the word kettle wouldn't apply there because a kettle would, would be fully surrounded, right? It was one line, but, um, but wait, otherwise what you said is true, but it, but it, it doesn't have the full context. So Lee park where this whole thing was supposed to happen is escalated. Like the equivalent of like maybe a half a story above everywhere else. There's stairs that you walk up to get to the park. The right wingers were permitted for the park and the left wingers were based who were counter protesting them were permitted to be on the street. And the fighting was mostly happening. There were two entrance slash exits into the park and the police were more or less letting the right wing people choose who could come in, right? Like I tried to get into it at one point and the, like the identity Europa people were like, you're not coming in. We don't, we don't know you. So you're not allowed to enter. Right. So, so the police were letting the right wingers kind of do their own security somewhat. Um, so there were these two entrances and it was as the right wingers 
were going to those entrances was when the fighting was happening, right? I've, the way that I've said this in a sort of sarcastic way is if the right-wingers could just be airdropped straight into the middle of, of Lee Park, then then there wouldn't be any violence. The problem is that the police didn't create any kind of a corridor, right? So the right-wingers would basically just have to walk past the left-wingers into the park, but the, obviously that was where the fighting would occur, mm-hmm. right? So people have asked me things like who started it, and – it's it was just completely chaotic. There was no there's no individual who started it. People brought shields and and bats and stuff. A bunch of right? assholes that didn't like each other is who started. Yeah, I mean that's where it comes down to. Showed up right, and so the right wingers would like you know I was I filmed Matt Heimbach who's the leader of basically my generation's Nazi movement, and I, I as isn't I'm that filming, a sad I, thing to have to say, man? I I mean that, that exists. Yeah, <laughs> that's got to be sad to say. I filmed as I was filming him. I, I basically just said, "Matt Heimbach, what, like, what's about to what's about to happen?" And he goes, "He says just another day in the park." And then he screams, "Shields up!" And someone else screams, "Like Antifa!" Right? And they just run into it, like it's like they're like it's a crusade, right? So there's no like who started it because both sides like just charge each other. Yeah. But uh, eventually, the and we whole call thing, them anti fuck here. <laughs> just so you know, sorry. Eventually, the whole thing got. Uh, totally unstructured, where the where the left wingers made it up into the park, and and so the entire kind of barrier or division between the two sides is breached. And once that happened, the police declared the entire thing unlawful. And like you were saying, a police line basically like inch by inch took the entire park. And in so doing, rather than sort of evacuating the right wingers behind them or or placing riot cops in the middle, yes, the the right the police pushed the right into the left, and. The result of that was a bunch of people who hate each other now pushed together and they were already making contact with each other. But now there wasn't even like a line. There was no escape. And and so what that caused was that the entire battle, rather than having kind of a clearly defined sides, then turned into this like brigade setup where different groups ended up permeating throughout the entire city. So you'd have these little brigades of Nazis and these little brigades of leftists kind of running around and, and people have asked like, Oh, which side were there more of there? There were probably a lot more leftists, but I would say that the leftists were a little bit less prepared for violence on average. So, so there were, you know, maybe like, like in, 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 in a given conflict, right. You might have four times as many leftists as right wingers, but the right wingers were probably all totally ready to be involved in the violence. Whereas maybe like only a fourth to a half of the leftists would. Well, let's be honest. The right wingers who are, 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 People similar to me who've probably been military trained or or things like that at least oh. take it serious. They they train. They know what they're doing. Whereas and these are the guys showing up at Unite the Right. So the, these are really really radical. Right. And I'm not talking about the militias that were there because from you right. know the people are confusing the militias with the the Nazi movement. The militia, the Virginia militia, was there. Yes, they were the ones and carrying the weapons. Yeah. They were the ones in the camouflage in, in the desert fatigues and things like that. But they were there to keep everybody apart. Yes, yeah, so I've I've highlighted that many many times. NBC Good, thank you. My raw footage actually on the subject. I'll send that to you right afterwards. Uh, that yes, the the militias there. I never saw a single example of militia initiating violence. Uh, the, I never saw the militia even have a firearm at lower ready. Right. I mean, they basically just had them slung over their shoulders. I I never saw them point a gun at anybody. Right. Um, well, I'm they, an oath keeper. I don't know if you know what oath keepers are. I, again, I'm, course, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, of course I am. Yeah. So I mean, it was oath keepers and three percent type people from all across the country, exactly. mostly the East Coast, who were out there. I mostly had communication with um, Philadelphia three percent um, type, but so but there were other there were other different groups out there. So. 
but generally speaking, right, I filmed them actually do ER on a 73-year-old uh, female journalist who I've kind of become friends with since then. Yeah, I've shared the video uh, of, of her that she that was posted. Oh, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yep. Um, so anyway, uh, it was actually kind of as all of this had dispersed uh, and, and then there was that injury that happened about 1 p.m. more or less – the militias actually ended up leaving, right? They, as far as they were concerned, they kind of had had, you know, extended their welcome kind of as far as it went, and, and they decided to leave, right? And a lot of the a lot of the Charlottesville people were screaming, "Why don't you leave? Why don't you leave?" Yep. And they were like, "Okay, like bye." We, we're actually here doing good, but okay, we'll leave. Yeah. So I mean, but they were actually, yeah, they were kind of attacked on, not, and and when I say attacked, I mean like not nothing extreme, but like they were kind of like attacked by like verbally attacked types, like on the way to like the parking lot. They were like, "Why don't you leave?" They were like, "We're." They, it was sort of a funny exchange, but in the grand scheme of things, it didn't really matter much. They were like, "We're on the way to the parking lot." Yeah, I remember that. I've seen that so video. Yep. <laughs> let us do that. Uh, anyway, so the militia mostly rolled out, and. Uh, and there wasn't much going on kind of around me. And so now we're at about 1.30 p.m. And at 1.33, because now that all of this has gone crazy, right, I have the, uh, you know, many of the exact times in my head and stuff. At 1.33, uh, in front of me, kind of across the street from the parking lot where the militia had been parked and left from, um, across the street, about two blocks ahead, there was kind of like a one of these what I call like a Nazi brigade. Right, there were national socialist type people with a with a one of their flags. It wasn't a swastika. It's like the thing that they use instead of a swastika. I mean, to to a normal person, right? To most normal, respectable people, you'd never have seen this symbol. But basically, it looks like a like a boxy fish. Like it looks like a swastika, but instead of like a cross, it's like a fish. Anyway, they they so there were Nazis with like that about two blocks ahead, and there were some left wingers following them uh, from behind about one block away, and then. A little bit closer to me, like like basically across the street, there was like some left wingers following around like one right wing dude who wasn't really participating anymore. And he was like arguing with them about white genocide or something. Um, so I was kind of trying to chase this whole thing. I was completely exhausted because of, of the rest of the day so far. But the thing that that struck a lot of people and I didn't realize until the following morning is that. At a minute into that live stream, so I said that was the fourth live stream I did that day. But at a minute into that live stream, the Dodge Challenger passes me. Uh, as I'm walking, the Dodge Challenger drives past me, um, and it's been and this was pointed out to me the following day. And I will leave it to law enforcement to determine sort of what to make of it or how to prosecute it, right? But my feeling, my my speculation, if I had to make one, is that what what the footage essentially shows by him being in an area where you they could drive perfectly fine and all of the activists were on the sidewalk, right? So he was completely out of danger seven minutes earlier. And what that would mostly – most people could infer from that, he would have had to go – and I've seen some people who have made maps, right, showing what does what my footage reveal. He would have had to pretty much go out of his way. He would have had to go basically three blocks up, turn left, turn left again, and then drive back and then turn left again in, like into the protesters, right? He he would have had to go pretty far out of his way or, in other words, very likely intentionally to get into the situation where the protesters were. Right. That doesn't mean anything about his motivation. It doesn't mean he was going to run them over. Maybe he just wanted to go have a chat with them in his car. Right. I have no idea. But um, but it but it's interesting because because I can basically my video places the car seven minutes before the, the incident happened. Right. Uh, yeah. Other, I watched that video a little bit of it. So I, I, I'm following you a little bit. The, the other 
really odd thing that honestly I have no explanation. This is some people pointed this out to me and it's weird. Uh, but I, I don't necessarily get anything nefarious out of it, but I, I just think that it's strange. The about two minutes into my video, you can see that there is a the, the burgundy the, the, van, the burgundy van, right? Yep. There's three because so to the people who don't already know this, the Challenger crashed into a, a, like a one car and the license plate on that car. I remember very specifically because it was rather emotional seeing all these people get hurt later on. And that and the woman in that car was able to step out of the car and walk on her two feet, which is miraculous because she was basically sandwiched. Uh, her license plate was God keep me G O D K P M E God keep me. Um, her car, though, so her car was hit into this third car, which was a maroon van. That maroon van, my video shows five minutes before the crash. Just sitting there in the middle of the intersection. In the middle of the intersection, and nobody is in it. Now, you see where and, conspiracy theories can come up from this, right? And so I, I don't I, – I honestly, I don't want to try to place meaning on that because I don't – I don't because you're a journalist and you don't want to go down yeah. that road. I get it. I understand. Yeah. So, but I, but there are people who I perfectly welcome to speculate as to why that is. I, I have no, I have no opinion. But, but I admit that it's weird. I, I really think that the like whoever is investigating this, whoever is prosecuting Fields, should should look into that. Right. Um, I'm sure that the that the owner of that car has been identified. I'm sure law enforcement is aware of that person. Uh, who, whoever that person is in that car, you know, I, they, I they they identified all 19 hijackers on 9/11, and you know, we don't necessarily believe all them are the same people either. Uh, and when you say uh, we, you mean you? Um, me? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not talking for for Ford so, Fisher yeah, here. <laughs> so, uh, basically, I ended up uh, kind of trying to follow the Nazi type people. They turned up the street and. They kind of kept walking and like nothing was really happening. Like they weren't protesting anymore. Like they seemed to me to be trying to kind of walk like to their own parking garage or what, like whatever. But like they weren't really doing activism anymore and people were kind of just following them like for the hell of it. But eventually I kind of just like gave up on following them. And uh, I hadn't eaten anything that day, but I ended up uh, there's a water fountain right there. So I'm like, OK, let's pause. There was another there's one other journalist with me. Um and so I paused and basically like drank water. There was a water fountain and I had water and it was basically like right after I finished having the, the water that like about a block away to my, I guess, West, right. Look at thinking about it from like a map perspective, uh, the crash occurred, right? So people started screaming. We had, we had no idea what, what had happened and we started running sort of toward it. Um, but people are screaming and running away from there. Right. So, so the journalist, right, when they see people running away from something, you're right to, run to from it. it. Yeah, exactly. All right. So so people are running away from it and taking shelter. Right. And my initial reaction was to think that it was a I, I had heard two booms. Right. Which I, I guess are a car, the car hitting a car and then that car hitting the next one. But there were two rapid succession booms. I've I've fired uh, some handguns and some rifles before I was it didn't sound like a gunshot to me. It didn't sound um, like sharp enough. Uh, but like some people, like there was at least one live commenter who said, "Like, was that a gunshot?" Um, from a distance, you uh, from a distance, and and also yeah. through the fo the phone microphone, I get why a commenter might not have understood the difference. But right, anyway, right. And as somebody so, who's fired many a weapons, I was in the army. I fired every a lot of weapons. I've 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 watched car accidents happen. I was an EMT. I've been at many car accident scenes, so I I know the sounds that we're speaking of here, yeah. and and I would agree uh, from a distance a car accident can sound 
similar yeah, to so I, that. I didn't think that it was a shooting, but at the same time, it was, people were running away and some like, like there are kind of doors into businesses and people were kind of like hiding in the door, like as if they were taking shelter. So like some, something had clearly happened. Right. And so as I ran toward it, I like, I, there was one woman who was screaming nine one one nine one one, And I, I asked her what happened. And she said, I mean, I, I knew, I knew what she meant as soon as she said it, but she, the, her exact words were something like a car just drove right in. And what she meant is like into the people. Right. Um, we are going live. Any uh, syndicates that are listening or if you need me to cut off, just send me a message. Uh, but we're going to go a little long. We're going to get the rest of the sure. story out before sure. we cut out, okay. guys. I was just yeah, letting so, my listeners know. You got it. So anyway, I, I went around the uh, the corner and basically then filmed the aftermath of it. So I welcome anybody who wants to, right, go to go to News to Share, the, the my YouTube page, right? You can see the full live stream. I also have HD raw footage of all of that stuff. And basically, I mean, I filmed as as – it was initially street medics, right? It was actually initially people on the street who were doing CPR and wrapping up other people. At the time on my live stream, I said it looks like about 16 people are injured. Later, I heard it was 19 injured and obviously one dead. So I somewhere in there, I lost three people, right? I could, you know, there were yeah, that's, not, that's not a bad estimate on a quick view. I mean, it's actually not a, yeah, I guess it's not a bad guess looking back on it, but, um, yeah, that's, that's a good guess. And listen, man, um, I, I want to make sure people understand because I am not a hoaxer. I don't believe things are hoaxes. I don't believe things didn't happen. Um, <laughs> for you're telling me you were there, you saw yeah. the injuries, you saw people hurt. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and you can look at my raw footage. I mean, it's it was clear as day. I mean, it was violent and it, and it was upsetting. I mean, frankly, this it's the only time to, that I've seen someone die a violent death. Right. Um, her blood was flowing into the sewer under her. Right. I've as, seen it before, so I know exactly you don't have so, to describe it. I understand, man. I, I've again, I was an EMT. I, I've I've yeah, I've dealt with car accidents where people bled out. We had two inches of their blood and body fluids inside the back of the ambulance while we were yeah. trying to save their life. So I understand. So it's just an upsetting scene kind of for everybody. Um, and and again, there were a lot more injuries. So the one that we knew, right, I reported at the time that it looked like she had died, uh, Who the one we would later identify as Heather. Um but she basically they were doing CPR on her and then eventually the EMTs took over doing the CPR and then they kind of gave up. Like they stopped doing CPR and like she clearly wasn't getting up. Right. So I, I had reported at the time like it looks like there may be one you know, fatality. And, and then it was an hour later that they confirmed she died. Um, the rest of that day, I thought was going to be uneventful. And but most people have forgotten about this. Uh, when I so Myself and the other journalists went back to our hotel room, uh, you know, exhausted and stuff. And right as we get back to our hotel room, like five minutes later, we get a CNN push notification that, that two police officers died in a helicopter crash six minutes from where we were. Right. So everybody sort of forgot about this because it wasn't really a direct consequence of the white nationalists. But a helicopter that was monitoring uh, the entire Unite the Right issue, right, crashed in a golf course. Uh and two people died. And our initial reaction is there's no way these like Nazi dudes like took down a police helicopter. Right. Um, my my impression. Right. They haven't talked about it very much. My impression, honestly, is I didn't even know what happened. So, 
Oh, you didn't even, you weren't aware I, of this? I, I did not know a helicopter crash and killed two cops that night, honestly. Yeah, no, no, no two, I was on yeah. vacation when all this went down, so we came back to, like, this yeah. hailstorm of craziness. Yeah, no one wanted to talk about, I mean, the other thing was that there was basically no video. So we got this notification, we figured out on a map where essentially it was. We took an Uber, and the entire golf course was, like, blocked off. There was no entrance so that we could go through. So we actually ended up, we didn't even get out of the Uber. We just drove back because we knew there was nothing for us to film. But there's not really any video of it. And uh, the police haven't given a whole lot of details. My impression is that having seen Charlottesville, it was my, it's the only time I've ever been in Charlottesville. Having seen Charlottesville, it's kind of a college town. It's pretty much centered around UVA. I doubt they'd really need a police helicopter in the air very often right like i don't think there'd be like hot pursuits so often in in like a city like that so my guess is that police weren't particularly like primed on on helicopter usage but anyhow you'd like to hope that the pilot knows what he's doing though i mean you you don't just hop into a helicopter and fly it up in the air right so i you know again i'm not going to like speculate as to like whether they put an inexperienced cop in there or something like that but i mean one way or another essentially three people died that day right um the following day, I mean, the only like thing that was sort of interesting was that uh, Jason Kessler, who organized the entire rally, attempted to hold a press conference and he was uh, assaulted. I, yeah, I remember that. Yep. An angry mob, right. That's the only time I've seen like non-activists just get violent on somebody. Now, like, with, with him, let me ask you something with him, because I've seen a lot of yeah. things and, and we're going to wrap it up here pretty soon. We got. We, sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, they had to wrap up. One of my stations had to drop off. Um, OK. One of the things I I, I, I kind of question with him is um, there's reports and rumors that he was an Obama supporter, that he was part of Occupy Wall Street. Uh, have you found anything to that? I've so I've seen a lot of people reporting this speculate this speculation. Yeah, that Kessler was like a an Occupy Wall Street organizer at some point. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't. I didn't. I, I'll, I'll put it this way. I interviewed Kessler once. I've Facebook messaged with him like a couple of times about pure logistical stuff there. Like I asked them, is there going to be a media stage? And he said no. So, I mean, he, he knew who I was before I went there. And and he gave me an interview on the Friday night at the Torch Rally. But uh, I have not had anything that like I've witnessed or filmed or, or gotten a tip of that isn't already out there. I, I'll, I'll, I'll generally say this. The notion that he went from being a radical sort of Occupy Wall Street person into the alt-right in a short period of time doesn't really shock me that much. Mm-hmm. Well, Cantwell, uh, same as Cantwell. I mean, so, let's right, because Cantwell, right, so in my opinion, the left or the far left is way more similar to the alt-right than libertarianism is, right? So, right, both on their face at some level of collectivism, egalitarianism, you know, whatever, right? So... It doesn't shock me that someone could go from being a diehard Bernie type progressive into being in the alt right, right? So there, and there are examples of that kind of out there. Cassandra Fairbanks would be an example of a reporter who sort of was loosely kind of affiliated with Bernie and then turned into a Trump supporter very fast. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it wouldn't shock me if if the same transformation kind of happened to Kessler. I mean, there's actually a pretty large contingency of. You know, different places that voted Obama and then they voted Trump. And of course, I'm not I don't mean to conflate the alt left with Obama or Trump with the alt right. But the the fact that that transformation can occur is is something that needs to be studied. Right. And I, and I don't think it's outlandish. I don't think it means that he was insincere in his beliefs in, in either uh, movement, if in fact he was involved in, in Occupy. Right. I understand that. You know, it's OK to change 
uh, thought right. pattern. It's okay to change ideology. If you realize one ideology is not right and you, you want to change over to another ideology because, you know, maybe this one works better with me right now. And that's kind of why I've, I've tried to eliminate ideologies in general. I mean, if I had to, if I had to classify myself, I'd call myself a libertarian anarchist. Uh, is, right. I mean, we can just combine words now. We have democratic socialists. We we can just make words up as we go along, uh, and that seems to be what everybody's doing. Uh, listen, Ford, this has been great, man. I've really enjoyed talking with you. I don't think you're an agent. I'll be honest. I, I think Thank you. I appreciate I, that. I think you're a cool dude. I think that was a great conversation we had. Um, Raz Radio and, and and any of my affiliates are always open to you. If we can help you guys out at uh, uh, Now for News, right? Or what is it? News to share. News, News to share. To I, I'm share. horrible. And then online at newstoshare.com. I'll, I'll say this also. My my bigger project this year, so Unite the Right was this like gigantic departure from uh, something else I've been working on that I feel like you'd actually be more interested in. I, I'm, I'm sad that we missed, missed out on this. But on the next episode that we get to talk, uh, I'm doing a documentary on transhumanism. Right. Ooh, that would be on, fun. Yeah. So on people, you know, cyborgizing themselves, right? So I filmed people in cry, or I, I guess I haven't seen the people, but I filmed cryonics chambers, right? I've been at Alcor, which is like a major cryonics uh, institute. I filmed people be microchipped, right? Voluntarily, right? Because they like, because they. I want think to that's be. what got my attention. So, I think yeah, that's so what got my attention. It's like it's actually more up your alley. But so if you ever want to talk transhumanism, please have me back on. Yeah, no, we're going to talk again. I really enjoyed this interview. Uh, I like to bring people on that I enjoy talking with. You know, every you know every two months or so, give or take, whatever. You got something important that comes up. You need help getting out there. <laughs> Obviously, I mean, you got CNN and and CBS and Fox picking you up. So Raz Radio isn't going to be much to help you out. But listen, I, I love the independent media. No, I mean that's what, but that's still what I am, right? So so these other outlets realize that they miss stuff and they need me. But but the independent media is my ally, right? CNN's not my ally. The ally, they're my customer, <laughs> right? But but you're you you and I are more on the same team than I am with the mainstream. Well, keep in mind we might have a little different views in some things, but I want to work with you. I think you're a good kid. I and I hate to call you a kid, but remember I'm forty something years old, so I can call you a kid. You unfortunately, might, you might have doubled my age then. But. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, my son is your age, so I mean, right, I could be your father. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> How's that feel? Uh, Ford uh, Fisher, uh, Ford Fisher, news to share, news to share.com. What give your, your, your social media, whatever people can yeah. get to connect with you with. Yeah. yeah. So some, so anyone can find me on, on Facebook. I have both a verified personal profile and then also a public page. So my name's Ford Fisher, F I S C H E R. There is a silent C in there. Um, I know I messed me then, up earlier. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and then on, on Twitter, it's at Ford Fisher, same spelling and, uh, the news to share Twitter page is at N2S reports. Excellent, man. I keep working hard. We'll, we'll talk some more. I think we got more to share. We got more to talk about. I'd love that transhumanism conversation. I think that's something that, uh, again, I've touched on that in the past. So that would be really nice to have a conversation about that. Cause that drives me batty. Uh, let's just be, here, here's my philosophy. All right. And I'll leave mm-hmm. you with this. My philosophy is let's just be human beings. Let's care about each other. I don't care what color you are. I don't care where you come from. Your blood is the same color as my blood, and we just need to work together. You'd be surprised how many people disagree with that, but I, I do agree with you. So let's start from there. All right, brother. We'll talk to you soon. All right. We'll Peace out, you. Ford. Ford Fisher, thank you very much. Uh, you know, great interview. I hope you all got something from that. I hope you, you learned something more about him. You know, change your opinion, didn't change your opinion. 
you know, I, I enjoyed the conversation. And you know what? I hate to say it. I enjoyed conversations with Cantwell. There was many a times that Cantwell and I had awesome conversations. And it's a sin to see it go that direction. But that's what happens sometimes, my friend. Sometimes you don't know what's going to happen. Sometimes you don't know what people are going to do. You've been listening to the first 52 here on Raz Radio and all the affiliates. Those that have hung around, thank you very much. I love you guys. Be safe. Be cool. Stay out of trouble. And don't do anything dumb. Just love other human beings. Ooh, that was my stomach. I got to eat dinner. Love you. Investigate the consequence of a bittersweet loss of sense, a weapon in a war against ourselves. The setting sun is loading guns, don't be afraid of mistakes, emotions misplaced, to love or to hate. I don't know what to do, we're all lost and confused, just trying to get through. This world always trying to prove that we're worth what it takes, but it takes a long time in the dirt to see grace. When I'm trying to be real, they tend to be fake. When I'm risking it all with no time to waste, fuck this red race, I'm leaving this place. It's time to blast off destination space With the sunset hung behind us And the universe to blind us From the moon we'll watch the whole world explode Moving free unguided through the beautiful The silent with the light show From a passing UFO of the unknown please don't go and I don't know how I got here or how I'm getting home but right from day one I've been in this alone with odds stacked against I've been drowning in stress they said, can you take more? I said, give me what's left. An old man once told me, Allie, don't ever look back. Keep your eyes on that prize and give them hell to your death. This is a test, just a frequency check for intelligent life. Now it's time to connect. It's an SOS, the death's been sent. So now we just wait and hope for the best. With the sunset hung behind us In the universe to blind us From the moon we'll watch the whole world explode Moving free unguided Through the beautiful asylum With the light shown from a passing UFO Lost in the glow Of the unknown 
behind us In the universe to find us From the moon we'll watch the whole world explode Moving free and guided through the beautiful The silent with the light show From a passing UFO Lost in the glow Of the unknown These don't Love you guys so much. Thanks. The first 52 is the bump diggity. Yeah, all this inside my mind. 